Your mother cooks socks in hell. Warlocks, witches, and practitioners of the dark arts thereupon. This is modern escapism. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Wes Craven's Oodles, and joining me today, it gets cold easily and cannot be trusted. It's John Carpenter's The Biggie. Hello. <laughs> Hello. He's obsessed with stripes and drainpipe trousers. It's Tim Burton Stigwood Stiggy Hands. Hello. Hello. He's been known to allow many men and women inside his space tug and doing insidious horrors in cloning. It's Jean Pierre Genot's Gadget's Resurrection. <laughs> I like that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And finally, I'm not her friend this week. It's Uwe Ball's House of Candy. <laughs> <laughs> it's Elvira this evening. It is. It is. Actually, it looks more like in. Nikki Six though from here. <laughs> <laughs> Amy Winehouse. Oh God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the dead version. Oh sure. <laughs> Oh my God. Retired on this she podcast. Ain't go- she ain't going back to rehab. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into the show, please consider becoming one of our sexy, incredibly cool patrons. Help us divide and conquer the podcasting world. Details are in our show notes, but mainly check out our website, modernescapism.co.uk, for more exquisite content and links to everything we do. Addendum to this. Patroners kindly modernise their payment subscription options Woo! on their platform. Yay! Finally. So in theory... You can subscribe to us on any day of the month without being kind of charged twice. Like the old-fashioned way they used to do it. So there's no excuses anymore. One pound. One pound will get me into rehab. That's all we need. That's and, what we need. And for, for the people who aren't watching on YouTube, if you could see Oodles right now, he looks like a corpse. Corpse bride. <laughs> <laughs> I'm absolutely dying. Oh, oh. What am I reading here? Oh, we interrupt this program with Biggie's breaking news. You may already know, but he doesn't, because it's time for Biggie's breaking news. <laughs> okay, first up, we have Dead Space. Yeah, baby. Yeah. The trailer was released with gameplay this time, and it looks sweet. Mm. It looks Dead Space. It, I mean, it, it looks exactly Dead Space, which is exactly what which I wanted all from want. it. Yeah. That's yeah. all you want. And they've got Gunnar What's-His-Name back. He's voiced this time in, the, in this game, because in yeah. the original Dead yeah. Space, he was a silent protagonist. He used to, all he used to say was, Ugh! Oh, yeah, there was, there was a voice actor there for the thousands of ways that he could die. <laughs> yeah. I'm not happy, though, that the console versions of it are 70 quid. Fucking EA. Yeah, yikes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's crazy. I was also a bit annoyed about the trailer, because... It's fine. I played the game, finished it, etc. But it's spoilery in it. It's <laughs> just a bit. They certainly revealed a lot, but hey ho. Uh, see, I watched the trailer with that. I haven't played Dead Space, and I'm going to. I'm going to play the remake, but I didn't notice anything. Like, I wonder if it's a bit out of context. It's, I didn't it, notice anything yeah, that could be a. It's, it, so, it's all. Yeah. If you know it, you know it. Yeah, it's all pretty out of context. If you know what the the story does and what the twists and changes are, then yeah, it's very spoilery. I guess that's mm. maybe the best way to do it then. The fa- the fans who know the story get to know that it's all in there and the people who haven't played it yeah. know fuck all about it. Yep. And I've Next. only played Dead Space 3. 
Yeah, yeah. Next one. <laughs> Next. <laughs> More CD project news. They just announced a bunch of projects. They've got new IP coming out for The Witcher Project, The Witcher 3 sequel, a new trilogy. They've got a new story-driven Witcher open-world RPG and potentially a Cyberpunk 2077 sequel. They've got some I'm fucking not, brass not. nuts putting out a, doing a sequel to Cyberpunk. Guys. I can't, I can't look anyone, forward to the, the, this company anymore. Does anyone think Biggie works for... There's a lot yeah, of CDP yeah, CD on news right. recently. Yeah, there is, isn't there? Yeah, he's, news he's, is yeah, news. Some backhanders going on there, isn't there? Also, also, you, also the least, it's just come through. We've got these three projects: Sirius, Polaris, Canis Majoris, marked as Witcher Project, Witcher Three Sequel, new story-driven Witcher open-world RPG. It's all the same thing. Mm. Yeah. So the Witcher Four. <laughs> you got candy, sorry. Half of them are being outsourced, though, aren't they? It's not CD Projekt that are making them all. Yeah, I think it's only the new trilogy, the Project Polaris one. I think that's the only one that's CD is that, is that because they're still like stuck untangling the fucking cyberpunk? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too busy fixing bugs. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Next. Luba Teams, the medium, is becoming a TV show, as if anyone cared. The psychological horror game is being adapted for TV. Fuck that. I think it could work as a TV show. (laughs) I think it could work because the atmosphere was cool. Actually, to be fair, it just lacked anything in there. It was (laughs) just shit. The story itself wasn't bad. It could be made on a TV show. The problem was, as a game, it had fuck. There was no game in it. I've had walking simulators with more gameplay than that. Sick. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Fucking slideshows are more gameplay than that. Big E. One fist E. An artist has successfully sued 2K over the use of Randy Orton's tattoos in WWE's wow. 2K series without her permission. Uh, it's more one for Candy, this oh, one. Yeah, this was it's right up her street. Well, yeah, I guess it's a bit of that as well. Stig known to I, I just I don't really know how I feel about this. The thing is, if it's, if it's custom drawn for the person, then, yeah, I think the artist probably does retain the rights, but I, I'm just, I haven't seen the actual tattoos, but, you know, if they're... Strongly referenced on existing like um, photos and things. Like, for for example, a lot of people get tattoos of uh, statues and whatnot. And if that's the case with him, and pocket watches, and that's if that's the case with him, I I don't think the artist really has. Yeah, I don't think the artist really has anything. But that's that's a funny one. Tattoos have been trademarked in the past, though. There is precedent there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, That's right. Louis Malloy actually. had a famous falling out with David Beckham over it because he, um, David Beckham made T-shirts out of the um, yep. artwork that Louis Malloy had done for him. I do wish that the tribal tattoos of the uh, late nineties were trademarked, and no one could have had them. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, same. laughs> I think it's interesting because as the quality of graphics have improved over the years, then obviously everybody wants their characters yeah. in the game if they're based on. Famous people, they they want everything like in FIFA, you know, footballers with their tattoos, etc. Yeah, has got good tattoos, crazy, isn't it? The, the, the thing is, as well, like, tattoo, didn't it? wrestlers are a lot of them don't wear tops. Exactly. Some of them, some mm. of them just wear bloody speedos, don't they? But either the speedos or, or leggings. So if you've got tattoos, they're always going to be on show. I, yeah. I, like I can kind of see it if you have a trademarked logo on you, like seeing Punk like the ball. Well, no, CM Punk has a big te- Pepsi logo on his arm. He does. That, and even so, stuff like yeah. Disney characters so and stuff like that. We, we as tattooists tattoo those all the time. Yeah, and I well, hope we never get mm. sued over that. 
But Randy mm. Orton's is literally just a lot of clearly a lot of tribals all over on his arms when he was younger, and then he's just covered them all over with just it's just arms full of skulls, colours in it. He's, he's got like, he's got nice tattoos actually. Yeah, they're just these skulls. He's got a rose, and he's got he's got his kids' names and stuff. So I don't really know. I mean, she didn't win a lot of money anyway, was it? It was like a few. Th- Few thousand. Yeah, so <laughs> to go into it very briefly, she argued her legal case of 2K reproducing her work without permission in WWE's 2K16, 17, as well as 18. Take two rejected her negotiation, instead, offered her a measly $450 for the right to use the images. And then after that was turned down, they just went ahead and used them anyway. And then the judge found in her favor, and the judge awarded her $3,750. So it's not a massive win by any means. It's but... proving a point, isn't it? Yeah. I yeah. I also I also think that they probably would have had a leg to stand on had they not offered her money, $450, and then did it anyway when she said no. I think that's where the judge has gone, yeah, this is definitely an issue because you acknowledged her claim and mm. then you fucked her over. Like if they hadn't acknowledged it at all, they might have had a leg to stand on and go, oh, it's just, it's a public figure, you know? We'll get well, to know the full story that, when we get her on the podcast next week. <laughs> they said it was all down to the, it was a small amount because none of the profits earned by the sales of the games were attributed to the presence of the tattoos. So really, did it matter if he was wearing tattoos or not? It didn't make any difference. I guess it's, it? well, it's, the it's, internet would kick off if he didn't have them on, though. Yeah, you know, oh, well, you know of course. Of course like. but, <laughs> it's, it's, I guess it's that standard image licensing fee, isn't it? It's you know, it's. Yeah. It's it, one of those things that when you put a sports game together or when you put a, a, a racing game together, you have to pay so many people for the image that you're using of something. But just, I know I don't want to drag this one up, but just quickly from your side, Candy, if you did a famous person, like tattooed them, and then they went on and their likeness was used in a video game, would it annoy you if it didn't say in the credits or like tattoo artist of this character because of this person? Because mm. in my Opinion. Like you don't walk around. I don't walk around going, "Oh, this is I got this from this person." And then my arms aren't labelled up with who my tattoo artist is when I'm walking no, around. But then, well, you, you know, need to start it's... doing that. <laughs> Little name underneath everyone. Well, I mean, you don't get any wrestling, <laughs> yeah. do you? In the credits, you know, the tattoo artist. Yeah. But I think I, I think if you it should. was a game, I think I would like a credit. I wouldn't necessarily need any money for it because they've already paid for the tattoo. But I yeah. think it would be a nice gesture because it's you know mm. it's it's you know there might be somebody out there yeah. who thought oh. Where did they get their tattoos? I wonder and if then that's that could benefit me that way. I wonder if that's how they'll do it going forward so they don't have to just... Because there's a lot of wrestlers with a lot of tattoos. They could just do it at the end of the credits of the game is all the tattoo studios that they've been to. Boom. Yeah. Job done. Every tattooist knows where every tattoo comes from. Everyone with tattoos, I mean. I know all mine. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> next. Okay, so next up, a, a Nintendo Direct recently. Um, Nintendo and Animation Studio Illumination finally revealed the trailer for Super Mario Brothers movie. And we now also sound know what Chris Pratt sounds like, although we know what he sounds like when did as they the do voice it? of Mario. Uh, this week. This week? Thursday, I think. Oh. <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> I didn't know. It's, it's Finger two, on two, the pulse, oodles. <laughs> Two-minute two teaser trailer. Is it good? Yeah, it looks I great. I think it looks good. Yeah. I'm not 100% sold on it, but. Is he like, it's a me, I can just for that? No, he's, no. He's, he's just Chris Pratt with a New York accent. Like, it's a me, it's me, Chris Pratt. Yeah, it's right. me, Chris Pratt. <laughs> All right, it's me, Chris Pratt. <laughs> what might look great. You might as well say that. I, I like the I like the joke at the start with the penguins. Yeah, that was uh, great. The, the, the animation looks fantastic. Jack Black sounds great as Bowser. 
Oh, it's um, good anyway, isn't it? And yeah, I this not... cast list is impressive. It's got yeah. um, Charlie Day as Luigi. It was going to just sound like Taylor Day. Joy as Peach. Jack Black as yeah. Stiggy says as Bowser. Keegan Michael K as or Key as Toad. Key. Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Uh, Kevin Michael Richardson as Kamek, Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong, Sebastian Maniscalco as Spike, but they've actually asked original Mario actor, voice actor Charles Martinet to do various unannounced characters, which is weird because you think he might as well have done bloody Mario. <laughs> See, there's a thing here, isn't there? Like, there's a lot of people from saying, why did Charles get to do it? I can't I'm telling that. you why not, because his voice for two hours because would be annoying. 90 <laughs> minutes to 110 of that. Fuck that. Yeah. Have you he, ever I don't seen think he's that ever, Wii he, Direct where they did it, like him doing a Wii yeah. sports presentation? He's never done a and full conversation in Mario games, has he? Yeah, and they never did it again. They did that one no, press conference in full Mario, and they never did it again because I don't want I don't want no wow to... all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> no way. I get it. He's been the voice of Mario, but. At the end of the day, he's just kind of done a stereotypical, slightly racist it, caricature it's a bit of an Italian. Racist, isn't it? So to have yeah. that in a full movie, yeah, no thanks. And Chris Pratt was great at voicing in the Lego movie. He was very good in. Um, yeah, he was. What was it? Uh, the, the Pixar one, Tom Holland. Oh, uh, Onward. Onward, that's it. Yeah, he was good in that. Like, it's fine. I think it'll be fine. We, we literally heard like three lines from him. Like, I like I, I like the, I like the voice that the uh, put for Toad with Keegan Michael Key. Like, it doesn't sound like Keegan yeah. Michael Key. It sounds like what you would expect Toad to sound like. Yeah, exactly. he's great with voices though. Anyway, isn't he? Well, yeah, he's that kind of actor. Yeah, of course. Mm. Yeah, but the, oh, I, the, I'll, I'll watch that tonight. The, <laughs> the animation looks superb. Like the shot of Bowser melting the castle was fucking outstanding. Mate, I, I don't care what anyone says, but like Despicable Me and the Minions, the animation on that is fantastic. Yeah. I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I'm still met on just the concept of the film mostly because again Illumination I'm not a big fan of the work they've put out I've only really liked Despicable Me and that was it. Um, Actually, you're in your thirties though. That's what I need to remind you. Yes, but I'm also a fucking <laughs> man. Child. I like I like animation, <laughs> yeah, and also true. we grew up on Mario. Yeah, I love cartoons. <laughs> it's, just, mm. it's it's, it's yeah. for the kids. Although you know Nintendo are probably going to have the thumbs on them. You know you don't want to piss off Miyamoto. That friendly smile turns evil pretty quickly. <laughs> He's always got a gun. He's always got a gun Stub on him. Stub a cigarette in never, your eye. Yeah, that's no why one I'm, ever tells people. That's why I'm quietly optimistic about this because I don't think they would let them half-ass it. Yeah, true. Mm. I bet so. Sonic's quivering in his sneakers. Hey, Sonic was great. I know, but it's like the war. The, the new gaming console war has begun. The film wars. This has, this, this, this has the potential to be the first four-star uh, game film. everything else is like three three and below so we'll see Sony will be doing Mm -hmm. Sapboy next Sony doing everything so they've done Ratchet and Clank already haven't they yeah Uh, yeah. so so, yeah anyway next next up The Grinch is now becoming a slasher movie um, (laughs) known as The Mean One Um, directed by Stephen Lamort The Mean One brings a paradox Heroical approach to the Grinch as it's set in the mountain town of Newville revolves around the titular character as he sits above the town despising the holiday season, which he does anyway. The mean one will set his sights on Cindy, you know who, who has returned to the town for closure after he butchered her parents <laughs> 20 years ago, <laughs> setting the table for a brutal revenge plot. Amazing. I've got the public rights to Dr. Seuss now. Is that what's happened? 
Because they are really old books, aren't they? So, no, there's not much to do. 57. Not hundreds of years old, though, are they? That's the thing. So maybe they've actually got the official rights to think, no, what? Let's sponge some Dr. Seuss money. Let's get some money. I mean, the thing is, they're calling it the meme one. I think the fact that it's. it's, If they never call him the Grinch, are we through it? Yeah, they've marked it as a a parody. So they'll probably get under parody copyright laws. Mm. Yeah, probably. Probably. Not like that Winnie the Pooh thing, which is. That is public domain. That is public domain and twisted as fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, why not? Next. And speaking of twisted as fuck, we've now had a trailer for Violent Night, which stars David Harbour as you know Santa. And I watched this. It looks mental. It looks hilarious. Absolutely mental. It looks great, yeah. but I don't. It's, it's it's going to cinemas. It feels like a straight to streaming kind of. Film, it does feel like a Netflix it? film, it does, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I'm, I'm, there's always there's always one big Christmas film at cinemas at Christmas. I mean, to be fair, this one probably isn't it, but it looks very funny. <laughs> no. yeah. It's like someone said, do you know what? Let's do a Die Hard film at Christmas with Santa, and then no one could dispute whether it's a Christmas film or not. Yeah. It's like nobody <laughs> yeah. does drunk on the big screen like David Arbour does anyway. No. So and plus, if he's uh, a drunk Santa, <laughs> I'm into it. He, he is a drunk Santa. He's a very violent Santa. Yeah. There's, pl- there's plenty of Christmas-related puns. Um, yeah, it's nice to see stabs, you. He stabs someone in the uh, eye with a Christmas tree light, like the star, then turns it on so they get electrocuted as well. <laughs> it's it's pretty very brutal. bloody. It's going to be an 18. Mm. Yeah, I'm yeah, into man. it. Without a doubt. Need, more, need, need more 18 rated Christmas films. Massacre on 34th Street. There, <laughs> <Yeah>, Ganon. <laughs> Not a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> into Next. This one's for Gadget as well. A Fraser sequel series has been given the green light by Paramount Plus, and it will star Kelsey Grammer, of course, to return in the in the titular role. I'm a bit I'm a bit um, dubious with this because he's an executive producer on it as well. Yeah, there's no mention of any other cast at this point. I actually don't want this. I think Fraser ended perfectly well when it ended. They're not, bringing... and it was a spin-off in its own inception yeah. anyway. But it like, doesn't need a spin-off of a spin-off. <laughs> they haven't even talked to any of the original cast about returning, so like David Hyde Pierce doesn't appear to be coming back. Um, obviously, um, the uh, John... Oh, shit. The guy who played Martin, he passed away recently, or a couple of years ago. So it's, a, it's just going to be Kelsey Grammer stroking his own ego, or possibly because he's had to pay a divorce settlement or mm. something like that. Maybe he's going to actually <laughs> explain to him what he did when he left his son in Cheers. <laughs> He'll be doing a podcast, won't he? He just left yeah. him and moved to Seattle. Yeah, 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 he'll be doing a podcast. But it, podcast, I, yeah. it, it's also one of these things that, I mean, Kelsey Grammer is kind of an arch boomer as a person. I kind oh, of yeah. feel like he's going to, it's going to be something where he's ranting about the young people. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's Paramount Plus. This is what they're doing to try and get more people, try and get, you know, people to turn to their service. They're mm-hmm. making, yeah, they're making projects out of, you know, like stuff like Halo. They're doing loads of legacy stuff. Like they do the community. Sorry, the community film as well. Now they're doing this. I mean, and- Frasier did start on Paramount Channel, didn't it? So that's well, it's, yeah, it's a Paramount production. Yeah, but like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I won't, would not be surprised to see them dig up something like Deep Space Nine, and try and do some oh, a follow. I'm not program. arguing with that though. I mean, the- well, I don't know. Have you seen Picard? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But- I watched one episode. I went, nope. Yeah, true. Well, I mean, I mean, they had a nice nod to D- uh, to DS Nine and uh, Lower Decks yeah. a couple of weeks ago. That was fucking great. Mm, mm. More Star Trek. I mean, let them have stabs at it, but give it more ori- more original Star Trek, less fucking Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fraser in space. Fraser in space. I'm up for it. <laughs> Next, 
Amazon are pretty confident with the legend of Vox Machina as it's been Machina. renewed. Machina. Machina. Um, because it's been renewed for another season before the second season's been premiered. Is that only gadget? I know that watched that. January. I'm I'm excited for it. Like, I I think the first season of uh, Vox Machina was like a seven out of ten. It had some really good ideas, but just it was a bit wobbly in places. Um, mm. But I've seen the trailer for the new series, which comes out in January. I think it looks ace. I'm all for it. Mm. Again, it's mm. it's it's high budget fantasy on on a on a major streaming service. Give me more of that. Yeah, and the fact that it is based on D and D and a D and D actual game, like you know, you can go back and listen to these stories as they play it live. You know, God, D and D's got massive since Stranger Things, hasn't it? Mm. Fuck, and Scott Sheep, yeah, yeah, and Scott Sheep. Sorry, Scott Sheep. Uh, and to be fair, Critical Role have had a huge hand in making D and D cool for like the last five, six years. Yeah, because they're um, all sexy bastards, yeah, but they're also <laughs> all very talented actors. Yeah, who do like, it look, really we don't have to be well. nerds to be into D and D. We we're all handsome motherfuckers. Scott Sheep. Yeah, yeah, just like it, Scott Sheep. It works for them. It's made them a lot of money. It's made them very, very, work. very much more famous. They get, as voice actors, they get the bigger projects. They're not all languishing doing bit parts in animes. You know. Oh, Resident Evil 4. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it's great. And I'm very excited for uh, the next season. And the fact that it's got a third season shows a lot of confidence in it. Awesome. Next. Comic book nerds are probably losing their shit over this. Over 20 Japanese artists, including, here we go, Yusuke Murata, Yusuke, uh, Shigeto Koyama, (laughs) Sana Takedo, and Komomi Shirahama. There you go. Nailed it. Ensemble for a fresh take on the Marvel Comics universe. And a manga tribute releases in summer 2023. You put all that effort into pronouncing those names right, then you mispronounced Assemble. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> I only put that in the, in, in, the, in the news to get you to pronounce those Japanese names, to be fair. <laughs> I'm, I'm bang up for this. this yeah, it looks this great, is, doesn't it? This is exactly what yeah. I'm into. This is basically for me. <laughs> everything about it is mine. Do you, do, do, you think, do you think someone at Marvel Comics is sat there going, you know, Oodles has had a bit of a rough year this year. Let's give him some. Is that the tough one? Yeah. <laughs> Let's give him a win. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm back yeah, off this. I'm going to absolutely divulge into that. Oh, yes. Next. No, that's it. Fucking hell. Wow. Streamlined, baby. Boom. Right, let's get into the uh, Nexus then. Um, I'm actually going to start. I'm going to start. Is that so you can have a lie down shit. while the rest of us talk? I'm going to have a lie down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm going to talk about FIFA 22 in the green room, just to let you... Football lads know that there's some football chat later on tonight. Um, but the main thing I want to talk about is something that's even more near and dear to my heart. Werewolf by Night. Oh! <laughs> Who's watched this? Yep. Nope. I have. Twice. Oh! So, <clears throat> Werewolf by Night, directed by Michael Giacchino, and it's his first directing gig as well. You'll know his music mainly because he's a composer. I mean, we get on big uh, pronunciations, so let's move on anyway. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Fucking, I'm hanging. <laughs> His music, you'll, you'll, recently was on Doctor Strange and stuff. He's got quite um defined music. Um, oh, it's one of the, the best ones out there right now. Oh, yeah, definitely. He's, he's brilliant. Yeah. But they've given him a stab at this, um, what they call feature presentation. It's an 
hour-ish long, isn't it, on Disney Plus? About 52 minutes, yeah. Yeah. So, for people that don't know, Werewolf by Night was actually the second comic book I ever read and bought myself. So, it holds a special place in my heart. The main reason for uh, this, why I got it, is because of a character that was probably my first favourite comic book, uh, Man-Thing. Um, if you've never seen Man-Thing, think Swamp-Thing <laughs> kind of thing. It's basically just copied that. <laughs> uh, who I adored, and these characters were linked in obvious ways. If you know, you know. Um, and I do need to preface that I read Werewolf by Night before I'd even heard of people like Captain America and Iron Man. That's out long ago. You know what I mean? When you, when you get into a universe and the first things you latch onto, they're special, aren't they, regardless yeah. of where they are today. It's just such a special thing. I never thought I'd see this. So for people wondering what this is, it's Marvel at a simpler time. Um, back in... Uh, 60s slash 70s, I think. I don't know. I can't remember exactly. I weren't born. Um, when Hammer Horror, Hammer Horror was still in vogue. And uh, this TV special is, in my opinion, up there with some of the best stuff and the Marvel Studios have ever done. I fucking adored every aspect of this. Five out of five for me. But before I, I, I don't want to talk too much about it because I think with it having such a quick runtime and Anything I say could potentially be a spoiler for this. But what I do think is, after watching it, this is quite standalone, this, isn't it? I don't think it's going to have any repercussions on the actual Well, they said MCU. that apparently, it, apparently it will. Is it? Oh, yeah, apparently, but it. Um, it could easily be a standalone thing. I think that's what I loved about it as well. I love a short story. Mm, and they've, mm. this is just like perfectly encapsulated. But, yeah, no, apparently but, um, they've gone on to say it actually is quite important for the MCU. Well. All I know is, right, and this is not really spoiling stuff, we've got Jack Russell in the M- MCU now, and we've got Dr. Theodore Salis in the MCU, which, finally, um, yes. His name is um, Jack Russell. Okay, they, they, they named him Jack Russell because he, what's a Jack Russell Terrier? It's a dog, isn't it? Yeah. Spoiler alert. He's a werewolf. <laughs> He's a werewolf. <laughs> yeah, it's, the guy that plays Jack Russell, I think he's fantastic. He's a Hispanic. I forgot his name. I haven't written it down. He's Hispanic. He's he's quite big in. Uh, I think he was. He started on some of those. You know, Hispanic um, telenovelas. Yeah, yeah. And people loved him. And he's fucking brilliant in this. Absolutely sensational. He encapsulates everything about the character that I know. And he's, they've they've, def- they've definitely gone for the older werewolf by now because the new. I mean, you don't have to call it Werewolf by Night. They just call him the Werewolf. Um, the new Werewolf is um, uh, Jacob uh, Gomez. So it's a completely different character nowadays. So, But yeah, just I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's a homage to those greats, the Christopher Lee films and stuff like that. And it's gothic. It's beautifully um, shot. And it is, haven't they admitted that it's just a filter? It's just a special, they're not filmed it on a special camera or anything like that. All the uh, cigarette burns on it are just put in there yeah. to, make it, to make it look like that. And I don't know, there's something about it that I just adored. And guess what? We've now got every single character in the MCU that you've got a full Midnight Suns team now if they wanted to do it. We've got a full <laughs> one and I love Midnight Suns. So, yeah, um, if you're interested in this at all, just go in. Mind open, 
it sent Africa sensation. What did you think, Candy? Yeah, I really loved it. Um, the reason mm. I watched it twice, I watched it the first time and I was just kind of just looking at it because it looks so pretty. Like, it, yep. despite it just, you know, aside from it being black and white, the way they've filmed it, it really, really does call back to the old sort of horror films of old. And like even going to the leading lady and stuff, she's got such classic looks. And it's the yeah. use of shadows and everything. Like she's she's from Fraser as well. <laughs> oh, is she. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but even the um, even the shadows and everything are so sort of rich. The coloring. I don't know if they did the thing where they filmed it. I mean, obviously, um, you say there might there might have been a filter. I don't know whether or not. It pretty was, sure they've it admitted it was. I'm pretty sure they've admitted it was digital and just 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 done it. Yeah, so I don't know if they did the thing where, like in the original Adams Family, all the colours, um, they were actually really, really bright, and that was to make, like, when you would look at them with your eyes, the Adams Family house was, like, bright pinks and bright greens and everything, because what that would do is it would make the um, the tones just more vibrant and black and yeah. white. So I wonder if they did that. I'd like to look into it. But, the, yeah, I watched it. I just didn't really take any of it in, because I was enjoying looking at it so much. Do you know the, um, the main reason why they did choose black and white? Because of yeah. the gore. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. So they didn't have to put the rating up. Because um, if it was in colour, quite a gory uh, hour, isn't it? <laughs> it could be. I noticed there was Throat one scene slits and stuff. Yeah. There was one scene that definitely would, would have resulted in blood, but there wasn't any. Um, mm. But yeah, no, I think it was definitely the most gory MCU film. Yeah, I can see why they would have done that. Then. They did very yeah, then- clever homages as well with the, uh, the shadows showing the transformation and the, yeah. the lightning striking just when it needs to. Oh. It was all such just classic effects. I really, I, I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Now, on the contrary, Stig, what did you think about it? It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was a bit slight, a bit, I think the tone was a bit all over the place. It was fun. It was a nice, fun hour. Uh, like, I would like to see the characters again. It's nice to know that like there are these monsters in the Marvel Universe now, they're just kind of going, yeah, there's monsters here. Um, yeah, there's monsters, you know, guys. We've got Blade <laughs> coming up soon, you know, so there's going to be vampires, so they're just kind of going, yeah, it's it's that. I yeah. just, yeah, I just thought it was fun, but I didn't, didn't. I don't think we'll see these characters fine, again until I, I Midnight Suns. I'm not bothered about, what, about watching it again. Uh, mm. On the flip side, I actually think the contrasts were a bit all over the place in terms yeah. of how it looked, yeah. So, so yeah, in isolation, it's fun. Um, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah, just fine. I'd say wrench in it. Okay, yeah. No, I just <laughs> yeah. I was hoping yeah, something. No, no. I I really liked the look of the trailer. And I liked the idea of it. I just didn't think. I it thought was... it was going to be a musical. I'm pretty sure it was. Someone mentioned it was going to be a musical when it was first announced. Pretty sure I heard that. No but... idea. I like the setup. Like the whole setup. Like um. And did you like Ted? Like the um, not really. I preferred the no. Oh, oh prefer, no. I, yeah. Oh, Ted. Oh, Ted. Sorry, um, Ted. Yes, not Jack. Yes. Oh, Ted. Yeah, Ted. Yeah. No, Jack. I was like, eh. But the and, and the woman I, like I preferred. Uh, yeah, Ted, Ted was cool. Um, mm. yeah, and the whole setup with the Bloodstone and stuff, and the and and that guy kind of the way they presented it to the group of uh, assassins was quite funny. Overall, I was like, yeah, it was, that was fun, but I wouldn't rush to see it again, personally. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, keep, I'll keep your eye on that Bloodstone as well if we're getting a uh, Black Knight film. Just, mm. just keep your eye on that one. But yeah, that's what I've been doing this week. Um, Stig, Grinch, what have you been doing? 
I'm going to be even more grinchier. <laughs> oh, you're a mean one, Mr. Sting. Yeah. Um, I've watched the new Hellraiser film. Oh. I'm really disappointed. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yes. Oh. Got against yeah. the grain? Yeah. Uh, well, not really. It's it, looking at a few through, people I've seen said they don't like it. It's, you know, it's averaged out at like 65%, yeah, three not, out of five. It's not too so strong. Yeah. So, yeah, the story is um, pretty by the numbers and it ends up feeling more like a slasher film to me. It's just oh. like has a bunch of Gen Zs running around away from boogeymen type characters. That's the not leads, what the Cenobites are supposed to be. The lead spends the whole film crying. Um, <laughs> and like, yeah, Hellraiser, exactly. Like, you can, it can offer up the chance to do something much more. But you could They're be not really... technically villains, are they? No, <laughs> you could be really creative and interesting, but they took the most boring route with it and the least interesting. It's like, oh, here's a troubled, young, well-off mind, um, a young adult who's got addiction problems and all these other mm. issues. And it's like, we've seen that a thousand times. How many films have you seen in the, like horror films, especially where it's a bunch of young adults with drug issues or alcohol issues? Oh. Or, it's dull. It's lazy. It it's overused. Dull. And it just, it's the setup for this film. And friends just get picked off one by one by the Cenobites. Hence why it <sighs> felt like a slasher film to me. Um, I, I, mean, pre- I mean, even Clive Barker, Envision them as, as he calls them, angels of pleasure. They weren't necessarily baddies; they were forces of nature. Mm. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Like in the first, so I'll get into this in a minute. Yeah. But like, so I appreciate that at the end it tries to wrap things up in with more law. So there is a bit of law in there that it tries to kind of Ooh. bring into it. But the lead up to it isn't good. It's not inventive. It's not interesting. It's just mm. typical, boring horror stuff. Yeah. There's nothing there. Um, it doesn't trust itself. And in turn, I think that means it doesn't trust a modern audience to have an outright sleazy, uh, like depravative, you know, uh, like truly horrific edge to it, like Mm. the first ones do. Um, And I think they were more bothered about how the Cenobites looked than anything else. It's like, do the Cenobites look cool? Yeah. Okay, have we got a story? Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Don't like Hellraiser 9 then. Yeah. The Cenobites do look great, um, mm-hmm. but the, like, the makeup and the special effects are fantastic. Apparently they, they look more like the books described them now. But they look too clean and plastic. Oh, no. They're, like, they're really like sheen, like they've got a sheen on them, and they look like mm. they're all, they, they all look the same. They're not nearly as dirty or as gnarly as the originals. Um, yeah. They, all of them are quite badly lit. They look very similar. You can't really tell the difference between a lot of them. If you didn't have, if Pinhead didn't have pins in her head, she would look just the same as one of the others. You wouldn't be able to tell wow. which one was which at all. Um, and I was really rooting for Jamie Clayton's Pinhead as well because I thought, for originally from like the pictures we saw, she looked great. And obviously, there's a subsection of the internet who can't handle the fact that Pinhead was being played by a woman. Um, Isn't she a woman in the books? No, exactly. she's no, a, uh, she's a, sexless, she's a n- non-gendered, non-binary. Yeah. Well, all right, exactly. Right. So it doesn't matter. It actually, it's a it woman or a man. The, uh, yeah, they have the voice of a woman and a man at the same time. Yeah. Right. Okay. But the way they've obviously they've put this effect on a voice, and it doesn't make a sound as menacing or as threatening as Doug Bradley's. And I know it's not oh, fair. Doug Bradley to, were great though. I know it's not fair to to compare them, but it's hard not mm. to 
when you mm. when you're rebooting a horror icon, it's really hard not mm. to look at what was there before and what's there mm. now. And she doesn't have that like um, central commanding performance that's memorable, Gravitas. like like him. She just blends in with the rest of the Cenobites. It just ha- so happens that she's kind of like the leader, um, the hell yeah. priest. That's what it's originally called. Yeah, she, she's even known pinhead. as the priest. She's not even called Pinhead in this. She's known as the priest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like yeah. the chatterer is in this, and it just doesn't look as good. Like it's just. It just doesn't feel as, like I said, gnarly and like gross. Yeah. yeah. Um, the chatterer was always horrible. Like he was yeah, the worst. Yeah. Awful. Of the ones. But like, what about the, the one, the one that's uh, affectionately named Compact Disc, and it's got discs <laughs> in his head. <laughs> well, that his was name. from the third one, wasn't it? But yeah. Compact but like, Disc. Here thir- we go. The, the first one. No, he's known as 4K. Had, yeah. <laughs> MP3. Yeah, I'd, you had four distinct ones in the first film, didn't yeah. you? You had the pinhead, you had the like the slightly gross, like, kind of bloated one, yep. chatterer, and then the female. Um, this, which, which is literally called the female Cenobite. Yeah, called, exactly, the yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but they so all look distinct and new, uh, different, yeah. didn't they? You could tell who was who, and you just can't get here. And overall, I think it's just a shame because it's a series that was ripe for being retold. Like, yeah. Bradley's getting Hooks are fantastic. Can't, can't really have him in the lead role anymore let's redo it but what they've done is typical mainstream hollywood who takes the 70s and 80s horror mm. and makes a modern day watered down version uh, the, 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 even the kills in this they're the boring they're not inventive or gruesome they're just it's literally like the same thing every single time so and some of it happens off screen oh Ooh. really have they not done what yeah. the <clears throat> originals did where the Cenobites aren't the antagonists and it was like frank in the first one they're the baddies. Um, there the is a bit of a turn up to balance <sighs> good and evil. No, there's a bit of a story going on with something. There's a setup at the beginning about this rich guy who has hold of the box and he's yep. trying to contact, and that kind of comes into play and everything. But that's why I feel like it just comes across as a slasher because throughout the they're not kids, they're like you know mid twenties, like early twenties, mid twenties, they keep fucking up and oh. and. And it ends up drawing the Cenobites to them and mm-hmm. getting picked off one by one. And that's how I ended up feeling like a slasher film to me. It just oh. it, it doesn't dare go into like it Frank and uh, is it Helen? Helen. Yeah. Yeah. Second Frank one. and Helen, like in the first one, they're disgusted yep. but also turned on by mm. what's they're going on. Sadomasochists anyway. Exactly, aren't they? yeah. Like she's she's disgusted by it, but then but also turned on by it. It doesn't dare do that. She's always just, grabbing a chest like, oh, this is horrible, it's but it's just I'm into a bunch it. of kids running away screaming from the boogeyman. <sighs> so they not have like the nuance too? Like I keep going back to the books, but the, I, I read the books more than I've watched the films. I want to watch the films once and read the books a few times. Where the nuance with the Cenobites is you can bargain with them. They are completely uh, they yes, chat they to do. You. If you want happen. to talk to them, you can. Yes, that does happen. Oh, that's cool then. I'm into that. But, but, um, oh, that's a shame. Because the other characters are such fucking idiots. Yeah. <laughs> they just yeah. they run away and fuck up and then just get killed. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. So, oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. Excellent. Excellent. Let's move on to Biggie. Biggie. So, ever since I saw the trailer for this, I've been all over this movie. Um, smile. Film. <laughs> Smile is a psychological horror written and directed by Parker Finn. It stars Sosie Bacon, Jesse T. Usher, and Kyle Gorner. Um 
I didn't get to see this. Instead, I went and saw a different kind of horror, a generic rom-com, because my other half didn't want to see the one I wanted to see. Is that you doing a little joke there? <laughs> so we saw Tickets to Paradise. Oh, no. Pick <laughs> your bags and leave tonight. It stars Judah so, Roberts. I was excited for you to talk about Smile. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Smile looks good. The trailer looks good. Yes, it does. I'm going to talk about Smile. Oh, great. <laughs> Instead, I saw it stars Julia Roberts and George Clooney playing divorce Mate, I've seen the trailer for this. It, look, it looks like I'd want to poke my eyeballs out watching this. Well, I'm going to just get through this bit. They played divorced parents whose daughters graduated to become a lawyer, but whilst away on a trip to Bali in Indonesia, she meets a local guy and falls in love and wants to stay forever in Bali, potentially throwing away her whole future. Don't waste your money at all on this movie <laughs> whatsoever. Wait until it hits a streaming service if you want to see it and then complain about just how generic it is. It's the most generic rom-com movie I have ever seen it is, is just... this George Clooney and Julia Roberts having a holiday yeah, yeah. it is basically that it's not even yeah. funny there's maybe one or two moments that you just <laughs> but other than that you can see <laughs> everything <laughs> coming to you in this in the form of the story it just it's so boring in the sense I, I, you know what's I remember happening. listening to Helen O'Hara talk about on the Empire podcast a few weeks ago and she was just like so the do- divorced parents get together to stop the daughter getting with someone that they shouldn't do and goes, and guess yeah. what happens? <laughs> they fall in love. Yeah, she's like, she didn't even need to tell you. She was just like... And they all live in Bali at the end. Yeah. Fuck it, we'll live here. Yeah. Everything <laughs> you see in the trailer is, is what happens and in they, the film. Exactly and they come that. to accept the new son-in-law, that kind of... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> even it's though he's just, got tattoos. Yeah. Ooh. It's absolutely generic. It's yeah, just. Poor. I'm also going to have to put George Clooney on the cover out now on the podcast out first. For no, you don't have to because the other thing I did Uh-oh. see was I was given a gift to go and see um, Al Murray with my bestie uh, M. Flem, um, and we saw uh, Al Murray's current tour gig for Victory. Now I have not necessarily been a massive fan of Al Murray. I thought he was a one-trick pony personally, but I tell you what, landlord. Yep, his set was incredible. It was almost two hours of improvised comedy. He basically used as many members of the audience as he could to poke fun at um, and create a theme around that. The majority of (laughs) anything that was scripted was around COVID, politics and tech. Um, It was really funny. It was really good. Nobody was safe in that um, audience. And he picked some people with him. No, we were too far at the back. But he picked an anyone that was bald, so he would have gone for me, or old, or fat. Oh, well, he really, really would have oh, gone for fuck. me. Um, I mean, he's just describing himself, though. That's just yeah. worry, isn't it? <laughs> it was, yeah. so there, was, there was one guy at the front who was obviously a big chap, and he said, oh, um, what's your name, type 2, diabetes? And then he started chucking packets of crisps at him <laughs> throughout, throughout the performance. Yeah, the guy was eating them as well. That's, that, that's, 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 that's always been the pub landlord shtick, though, isn't it? It's always been... Yeah. Vaguely abusive like towards the audience. I mean, but it, it was his, really um, good. It was really funny. Have you seen the one where it's just like name a country and I'll tell you why Britain's better? Yeah, yeah. I've seen that one. Yeah, like, that's that's brilliant because it's just all off the top of his head. He is a massive. He is so buff, clever. Yeah, yeah he, so clever. So the, clever. The, the saddest thing about the pub landlord though is that ninety nine percent of his audience don't get that he is taking the piss out of them. Yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> like, he's not. He's not Atari, really, is he? No, <laughs> uh, no, he's, and he's and he's not. He, he's he's a very smart, intelligent man. But like the the pub landlord character is taking the piss out of the kind of the, those kind of boorish people that oh England is the yeah. best, isn't it? Oh, we're better than everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, 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 we yeah. won. Yeah. We won two world wars in the World Cup. You know that kind of bullshit. Yeah, but the thing is, thoughts. Gadget, these are the same people that think Alan Patches is a real person. Well, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, the, the, that's the problem in, in today's kind of. Uh, zeitgeist is mm. people who are not us like younger younger generation will see clips of that and think he is that's is who he is and he's part yeah. of like the current politics that they don't he's agree with he's taking the piss out so, like, of the classic 70s club land yeah. that's what he's doing yeah. but he's been doing that before they were bloody even born oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you do want to see him Manning and stuff He's got a couple of gigs coming up in Leeds on the 12th and 13th of this month so unfortunately by the time this comes out you probably won't know uh, but after that, he's in Motherwell, <laughs> Sheffield, Ipswich, Northampton, Crewe, and Dartford going into going November. Any of them but places, mate, ever. I would just seriously recommend if you can catch it. It's a really funny show. Really good. Do you know what I've seen Al Murray at um, Leeds Fest? You know when they have comedy tents? Yeah. Yeah. And he was fucking brilliant. <laughs> he was really yeah, good. He was, he was really as good. the pub landlord. And he was, was very ripping impressive. into the Kaiser Chiefs. Which I mean, I'm a big fan of ripping into the Kaiser Chiefs. I would, say, I would say they kind of usually deserve it. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of that. So yeah, I've got a lot of time for him. Mm, there's oh, a good one as awesome. well. Al Murray versus Americans. As well, if you find that on YouTube. Oh yeah, I see that. That's very funny. <laughs> excellent, excellent, yeah, excellent. Gadget, what you went up to, mate? Uh, so I've done two things this week. One I'm going to talk about in the Patreon section because I need to have a little bit of a rant about it. Um, oh, but so, so the one I'm going to talk about this is I've been busy this week so this is more of a kind of an early impressions than a full review because I'm only a couple hours into it but I've been playing on Game Pass Moonscars which is Moonscar. yeah which is a 2D Metroidvania but heavy on the vein Ooh. but heavy on the vania um, keep talking daddy <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's published by Humble Games developed by a studio called Black Mermaid 2D side-scrolling melee combat fighter with a gorgeous oil painting art style, Ooh. very gothic grim. You uh, you play as a character. Hang on, I need to find the description. It's th- this is one of those games where they've taken the Dark Souls imprint of make the law impenetrable, but they've gone too far with it. I have no fucking clue what's going <laughs> on in this game. Uh, but you play a character called Grey Irma, who is a clayborn sculpted in the image of a great warrior. Cursed, like me. cursed with a desperate need for Ica, oh, blood, uh, life force absorbed from slain enemies, as well as the need to reunite with her creator, the enigmatic sculptor. Great Irma must cut a swathe through the formidable opponents and hulking bosses that stand in her way. That's about, that's a description I found in a review of it, and that's about as much of the story as I've managed to glean, despite being like two hours into it. All the characters <laughs> talking riddles and talking circular text, it's, you do not play this game for the story. Do they end every, every conversation with? <laughs> a couple of them do, yeah. Yeah, and one, I love uh, it when they do that. And one of them is a giant cat that is to- totally legally distinct from the Cheshire Cat. Ah, <laughs> legally. <laughs> uh, but the game is really fucking good. It's uh, um, very much reminiscent of uh, Symphony of the Night, just without the banging soundtrack. It's got more of a kind of dark ambient soundtrack. Um, the game plays. It's a game plays a, a little bit faster than Symphony of the Night, but not quite as fast as say something like Dead Cells. But it's kind of in between those two. Okay. Uh, you, so like Bloodstained a bit. Bloodstained's a bit faster, Yeah, a bit it? like that. You have a whacking great big sword, which is always a, a standard thing. Um, 
do heavy attacks, do parries, all that kind of thing. Um, as well as that, you can unlock special moves, so like whirlwind strikes or spear strikes or massive hammer strikes. And you get the Dark Soulsy thing, you find these mirrors, which are effectively your bonfires. The thing is, when you rested a bonfire, you, it, it's not so much that you rested it, you, you kind of go into the mirror and you shed off your clear form because you're going back to where the, the sculptor made you or something like that, whatever the story thing is. Thing is, when you come back into the level, um, that clear form still exists and tries to kill you. So you have to kill yourself. It has all the abilities you had when you rested. Hollow Knight. It's very much like a corpse run, but you haven't died. If that makes sense. Ooh. So you have to basically fight yourself, but you don't have the special move anymore. It still has it. So to get the special move back, you have to beat it. And it's not... I'm bang into that. It's not a particularly hard thing to fight every time, but it's something that it's like... It makes you think about checkpointing because you think, am I going to yeah. die further on? Do I need this checkpoint? Because I have to fight a little mini boss before I do it. Um, you get these witch... Um, they're called witchery powers. So um, uh, which is where the kind of I think the dead cells comparison comes in. You get uh, two slots for on the triggers for spells to cast. Some enemies can only be damaged by those spells, and they tend to be fucking hard. So um, mm. the way you earn the mana for them is to attack things. So the more things you kill, the more magic power you have, and then you can blast them. So I've had a couple of enemies, these gilded enemies, where I'm stuck in a locked room with them. And I can only damage them with the spell, but I've got to keep attacking them and hitting them to build it up um, to hit them. And it gets really fucking tense. This game is so hard, but in, in a good way. Like, it's very challenging. Everything wants to kill you, and you have to... It, it really makes you... A little bit like Symphony of the Night, it really makes you kind of engage with the mechanics to do combat properly. Mm. You know, you can't... Oh, it reminds like, me a bit of uh, Blasphemous, having a look at it. It's now. got a huge Blasphemous vibe as well, yeah, just without the Catholic mm. imagery. Um, but yeah, it's really good. Oodles, you'll fucking love it. This is right up your street. Yeah, you sent me a clip of it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. It's it's it, it's got that thing that that there are walls with spikes on. You can just kick people into them for an instant kill. Ooh, if yeah, you're clever I'm enough. Into it. But yeah, it's it's really good. I, I, I'd really really rate. It. I'm going to keep playing it, and I might I'll probably do like. Is a it full... going to be priced well? Uh, so it's fifteen quidish. It is fifteen ninety nine oh. on Steam. Yeah, that's the beauty. Uh, that's, that's, and I'll just check it. if it's on PS Plus. Uh, PS5. Because I know, obviously, I know it's on Xbox and PC. Relevant uh, Switch. It, no, it's it's on the PlayStation Store for some reason. My PlayStation oh, Store saying it's uh, in Hong Kong. Sixty nine ninety nine. No, it's coming up saying <laughs> seventy eight Hong Kong dollars. Why does the fucking why does Edge I'm think not... I'm, I'm in? Why does it seventy eight Hong Kong dollars in real money? <laughs> yeah, right, hang on. Got the, go to the right store this time. Yeah, 16 quid on the PlayStation store. Somebody's been on VPN, haven't they? <laughs> no, which is what's weird about it. Um, but yeah, if, if you just Google Moonscars, just look at the artwork. The artwork is stunning. Like, okay. for, it, It's one of these things where, as a, I don't think it's doing anything particularly original as the game itself, but it's selling itself on its presentation. Um, but mm. it just so happens the game itself is very good. They say, I will do a proper review once I've played more of it and hopefully get to the end of it. From what I've read from the reviews, the story will never make sense. No one can. It's so impenetrable. But you're not playing it for the story. You're playing for the combat. And the bosses are fucking wild. One, oh, one where it's just hands and arms coming out of a wall and occasionally a head appears and you've got to jump on platforms around it to avoid being hit. Oh, yes. Like yes, proper yes. horrific That's stuff. Proper symphony of the night. Yeah. Um, mm. So, yeah, uh, play Moonscars. It's, it's really good. And like I say, it's on Game Pass. It's, it's worth, worth trying for an hour. Nice, nice, nice. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, Candy, again, finish me off, please. Oh. <laughs> um, I've actually got a couple of things to talk about this week. You got all flustered there. 
Um, so I think I mentioned this several weeks ago that I'd started um, leading or, uh, reading or listening to it. And it's the audio version of Mickey Seven Ooh. by Edward Ashton. Yeah, yes. And um, I wanted to catch up on this since it got announced that it's being made into a film starring Robert Pattinson and directed by Bong Joon-ho. Um, so he directed Parasite. I love both of them. Theater. Yeah, I love host. both of them, so I'm banging to this. Yeah, I'm excited for it. So I do also really enjoy, be, enjoy being that smug person in the cinema that likes to point out the differences between the book and the <laughs> I've film. read this. That's <laughs> not the same. Mate, you should have seen right in the middle of the film. Lord of the Rings. It doesn't do that. When Lord of the Rings first came out, I'm like, where's Tom Bombadil? <laughs> <laughs> Said nobody ever. Ready player exactly. went, like, that's not right. <laughs> oh, don't get me started on that. Not my Aragorn. <laughs> so uh, the story is Mickey is an expendable um, so it's his job on a colony ship to do all the messy jobs that are likely to result in death basically and yep. um, to kind of like clear up the loophole, the reason that there needs to be an actual human to um, do these jobs is there's, there's some things that just can't be done by robots such as like working in high radiation areas the human body will last a lot longer than a robot will and I love making that wasn't included, but yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> and also being like a test subject for local sort of flora and fauna, like bacteria and stuff for any worlds they might potentially um, inhabit. Um, mm. And every time uh, Mickey dies on a mission, his his consciousness is transferred to a new clone of his body. And he wakes up in his bed and he's kind of very little knowledge of the demise of his last iteration, basically. He just kind of wakes up feeling kind of groggy and just knowing that he must have died. Um, and the story starts with uh, Mickey being Mickey number seven being left by his team to die in a sort of icy crevice. Um, and the reason he's fallen down there, he he was basically rather than paying attention to where he was going, he was just kind of staring at the sky and just took a misstep, and it sent him plummeting down. So um, the team decided just leave him. He's going to die. Just it's not worth trying to save him. He's an expendable. Um, it's fun. It's it's a reasonably la- uh, sort of light-hearted sci-fi novel. The the main character Mickey, he's just a relentless lovable idiot. The the decisions he makes throughout the story just consistently stupid. I think I found her, I found this, him to be a charming arsehole. Uh, completely, completely. That's what I've been referred to as before. No, you're just an arsehole. <laughs> okay. This is what I've been referred I to. The, I added the beginning bit. Yeah. <laughs> but even the circumstances that lead to him taking on the job as an expendable in the first place like it's often it's it's not a great job being forced to kind of die over and over again in a variety of different ways it's it's usually a job that's kind of um forced upon felons and things um so you actually have a couple of plots running adjacent like adjacently uh, there's one of mickey and his history and how um the multiples are treated within these settlements um and mickey's colony ship dealing with an apparently sort of hostile race of local creatures inhabiting the planet that they're trying to colonise. Mm-hmm. Um, what it does bring up, actually, it's it brings up some really interesting kind of philosophical questions. So during Mickey's training as a multiple, his mentor poses an example to him when he questions like whether any new versions of him are actually him, whether it's the same person or not. And he's introduced to the, the ship of Theseus, which is the idea that Theseus sailed the world in a wooden ship and um, along the way, he replaced every board and every nail as it went every time it needed replacing. So was the ship that ended the journey the same ship that had started it? And when you compare that to the fact that every single cell in your body is replaced every couple of years, 
are you still the same person or not? And it does it matter if all those cells are replaced in one go? Um, that's a bit like Ooh, Trigger's Broom. Trigger's Broom, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's straight from Homer's Odyssey as well. Uh, I'm, I'm banging at that. Yeah, Ooh. it's fun. Well, there's also um, uh, a question of at what point does a creature become sentient as well? So when the humans are kind of colonizing the planet, at what you know, how do they distinguish what's potentially a meal to a recognized race of its own? But yeah, I, I really enjoyed Ooh. it. It was just, um, it's nothing too heavy. It's a fun little read. It, it sort of asked some questions in a non-threatening way, and it was just, it was nice to catch up with it before the film comes out. I'm not actually, I don't think we've got a release date for the film yet. Yeah, but, the, the, um, it's, it's in production at the minute. Yeah, um, so it's, it's probably a couple of years off. It, I, 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 I really enjoyed it when I, I, I don't think I did it back in February or somewhere around there. Yeah, cause, yeah. Yeah, cause the yeah, you is, mentioned it yeah, beginning the book, of this yeah, year. Yeah, the, yeah, the book came out in February, and I'm, uh, um, mm. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it. It's a really cracking book. And it, it wasn't it, dystopian enough for Gadget. No, it wasn't moody or I grimy like, enough. I like comedy. It's pretty <laughs> fucking grimy in places. But um, oh yeah. But yeah, I had the, I, I really enjoyed it. I rate it really highly. It's gonna be, I hope Excellent. it turns into a very good film. Yeah. Right, Candy, I believe. I believe. Um you've got a special announcement to make. I do. I'm excited. She's leaving the show. Yeah, bye everyone. So, yes, yeah. finally. <laughs> so, yeah. It's my D45. Yeah, no, I'm I'm nervous to announce this and excited as well. So several months ago, I had a idea for a little project. Um, a brain fart, some would call it. Yeah, you could call it that. Yeah, <laughs> a headache brain with fart. pictures. Yes, exactly. So in the last couple of weeks, I've been putting the wheels in motion kind of behind the scenes to get it going. And starting in November, four of myself and four of my best uh, girlfriends, um, we're going to be doing a six-part modern escapism spin-off podcast. What? Um, yes! Oh my god! Another How dare one. you? Another one. <laughs> uh, so we're called Smash That Glass, and uh, there is a reason behind the name. You will find that out on the first episode. Um, Gadget, if you wouldn't mind pressing the red button, we've got a short promo. Oh, yep, big red button time. Hi, I'm Jupiter. Hi, I'm Arthur Pearl. Shamai, I'm Supernatty Cat. Hello, I'm Mothram Deer. And I'm your host, Candy Machine, and we are Smash That Glass, a celebration of the women that get done in music, entertainment, pop culture, and throughout history. We're a six-part fortnightly podcast brought to you from the Modern Escapism Network. Tune in to us every other Monday for an hour of recognition, intoxication, and a little bit of debauchery whilst we celebrate the women who are kicking ass and taking names. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and all your usual podcast providers. We don't live, laugh, love. We smash that glass. <laughs> wow, that was so good. <laughs> so yeah as our promo just said we're a celebration of women who get shit done in typically male roles basically in sort of media gaming music entertainment and throughout history as well it's it's a bit more of a kind of informal chat than modern escapism and i'm really i'm, I'm really excited for everyone to meet my cast because they're all really really interesting people and they're all going to bring their own kind of special flavour to the pod as well. Um, so we've got Acid Pearl, my best friend, Super Natty Cat, who you will recognise from our Discord. Oh. Um, <laughs> a lot of tampon talk. We, yeah, the yeah. tampon talk. And we're going to be focusing kind of on the entertainment and pop culture side of things. And then Jupiter Storm is going to be having a look back throughout history and she's going to bring us women... She's got a of... shiver down my spine then. Yeah, that's yeah, the, you that, don't that, want that. to mess with dupes. Yeah, that's my, Absolutely not. my partner Pip for anyone who's, who's keeping track. That's why Eagles are scared of her. 
my kryptonite. <laughs> We're all scared. Um, so yeah, she's going to bring us women of note throughout the ages, and Mothram Deer, I think, is actually going to have a bit of a um, a deep dive into fictional characters within media, which is um, she's going to be studying their costumes and looking at their historical accuracy, and even mm. potentially kind of rewrite their character, which is her particular area of um, advanced expertise. Um, and you'll find out about her educational background on the pod as well, because she's a pretty amazing person. She um, is a professional woman. She is a professional woman. Like I said, I've had this uh, project on the back burner for several months and the stars have kind of aligned recently and we're going to start recording soon. Um, it is a celebration of women, but our hope is it will kind of appeal to everyone. We know we have a predominantly male audience of modern escapers and listeners and we want them to feel just as included as well. Like We're, we're specifically a women's celebrating pod, but not a man-hating one by any means. We aren't, we aren't <laughs> those feminists. Give it um, time. On this show, we hate men on this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please, uh, lads, if don't feel like that you can't write in or can't get involved, we would love particularly Mate, to hear from you too. If I've got a problem, I'm cancelling it there and then. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> and that's when I'm going to be like Netflix on that shit. <laughs> so our first episode is going to air on November the 7th and we're going to be airing every second and fourth Monday of the month um, so you'll either have me or Oodles to listen to every Monday and oh, I'm hoping if you're all up for it before our first episode airs we'll have like a boys versus girls special or something to introduce our listeners to the new cast so I don't know if we'll do that on Twitch or if it'll be a second episode or... we should just do a battle royale in a field we could do that as well, our film Stig's nodding, I will do that. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Spoiler, Pip wins. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I'm fucked. Yeah. fucked. She is powerful. Very she, powerful. Yeah, I, I would just run away, As powerful as two sons. <laughs> she, is, she is a force of nature. So, yeah, details of that is going to follow. Um, you'll be able to find us everywhere. You can find your normal uh, podcasts. And there's going to be a slightly more X-rated version that's going to be included on the uh, and included ad-free on the, as part of the Biggie Bundle. And... When I say slightly let me, more, let me X-rated. just say though that bigger bundle, that biggie bundle, is getting so much content to it. Come it's on, guys! Bundle, isn't it? It's Come on, it's not expensive, guys. It's, <laughs> it's cheaper than a, a, a posh coffee. Just get it done. Get it done. Get it done. When I say slightly more X-rated, I live in fear for what uh, Jupiter <laughs> has up her sleeve. It fills me with dread. Um, so we might have to come up with a safety word. But we'll be, we'll be updating the modern escapers and websuit website soon. So the website you'll be able to find all of our websuit. Wow! <laughs> yeah, the website. Where, where do I get these websites? So you'll find all our contact details on that. Yeah, available on Redbubble. Do you know what, Candy? I'm proud to be able to oh, allow you to launch this endeavor. Allow you to. Allow you to. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm, I'm fucking winding you up, mate. I'm winding you up now. I'm, I'm buzzing. For, I'm, I'm looking forward to. It. I, I'm just going to be a listener, and I'm, I'm proper excited by it. So, yeah, I think yeah, it's going to be fun. Work. I mean, we are going to get banned the from the internet. Fucking mental. It's so. going to, it's going to yeah. get us cancelled. Oh, probably. So, yeah, I would think so. So that's something to look forward to. Will there be a specific form that we can use to write in? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't run the website, mate. I don't bloody know. <laughs> Stig, will there? Ask Stig. That's <laughs> not some out. We'll worry. have an email address. <laughs> That's a poke at Super Natty Cat, by the way. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. We're just going to do it on Twitter in multiple, <laughs> multiple tweets. Just to know, yeah. Right, let's move on to the main topic. Candy, again, take it away. 
Well, there is a reason I am sitting here sweating and trying to impersonate As Amy Winehouse. Elvira poorly. Uh, uh, yeah, Amy <laughs> Winehouse. Um, so last week I set you all a little bit of homework and I just know that our friendship is going to grow from this. This is why I'm not your friend anymore. <laughs> you are. This is why you're off true. the podcast. I know you had a good, you had a good time. <laughs> so I set you all a horror film of my choosing, which are all particular favourites of mine, to share your thoughts with us this week. And I'm just going to go around the table. I was also set one as well. I was set one by Gadget. And I will do mine at the end. Um, but I think we'll start with Stig. Now, Stig, you were given Tusk by Kevin Smith. and Not the, the song by Fleetwood Mac, unfortunately. Although, fun fact <laughs> about that, the majority of the budget for that film was spent on getting that, the rights to use that song in the film. Such a good song, though. <laughs> Such a good song. I think the film costs about 20, 20 grand and that costs about 15 grand. So 20 quid. The synopsis of Tusk is a US <laughs> podcaster ventures into the Canadian wilderness to an, uh, to an interview an old man who has an extraordinary past, and the American learns that the man has a dark secret involving a walrus. Take it away, Stig. <sighs> <laughs> I watched this as well, mate. It's funny, because I, I know you all think you got the worst one. I, did, no. I actually think I probably got the best one, looking at the trailer. I, lo- I watched the trailers for the other ones, because I planned on watching them all, and I watched the trailers for others, and I just went, nah. <laughs> Tusk is the best one out of all of them. Tusk is probably moved. the best one, but it's still fucking shit. That's garbage. So I done a little bit of review here, uh, and not a typical review. I've just made bullet points as I was watching this film. I'd like to go through my bullet points if I may. So, um, first off, my first bullet point is this is really boring. <laughs> it, the setup to this film is really, really boring. Um, it takes so long to get any before he gets to uh, Howard's mansion. And then he just has this weird conversation with Howard. And then Howard starts, is this eccentric old man who obviously the podcaster goes to see, um, what's his name? I can't remember what his name is again. Wallace. Wallace, the podcaster. And they're having all these conversations about all everything he's done in life. And one of the conversations I've just written down, why is he telling a story about his childhood like Dr. Evil in Austin Powers? <laughs> it is exactly like that. He, he, is, he sits there and he's like, and honestly, I was waiting for the point where, it's just, where he says, my mother put me in a burlap sack and beat me with reeds. <laughs> like, it's the exact same style he drinks of conversation. Some coffee. This is what we call a Belgian dip. Yeah, Do you know, it's, it's funny you should same. raise that scene, though, because I think of um, that scene is the one scene that doesn't work in Tusk. And I know none uh, of the scenes work, but that scene in particular scene? that scene in particular, it seemed like it didn't really fit with the rest of the film because it kind of struggles with it doesn't really know if it's a a horrid a comedy horror or just like that place in particular does get a little bit like it gets particularly dark, and I think mm. it doesn't the problem really fit is with the rest of the tone the problem is, and sorry for jumping into this thing, that's Michael Parks, look, God rest his soul. He's one of the best character actors. He was one of the best character actors alive, and he's just squandered in this. <laughs> just, just let's, ca- let's carry on. Um, my next point here is: oh, there's still 45 minutes left after the reveal. Fucking hell! <laughs> and the reveal is: he gets his first off, he gets his legs chopped off, and then he, you think that you, that he would gradually get turned. So the podcaster, this is you're going to get spoiled here, listeners. Sorry. I have to spoil it to actually 
tell this. The guy, Howard, turns him into a walrus, literally alters his body <laughs> and his shape and turns him into a human walrus, and, and like big, massive <laughs> creature. And it just happens. It, 45 minutes in, done. And he's, and he's made into a walrus. And, and <laughs> at no point is he he's screaming and everything, but like, it's like, this just can't happen. Like, he's healed. He's going, oh, oh, yeah. Oh. Like, but he's. <laughs> How is he alive? How is he alive? <laughs> How is he alive? Honestly, it's ridiculous. Belief. And uh, this is so stupid and ridiculous, but not in a fun way. And then, oh my God. So we're 45 minutes in, then we get introduced to a new character. So his girlfriend <laughs> and his podcast partner are, have got voicemails from him. So they've come to Canada to try and find him. And they bump into a guy who was hot on the trails of Howard at one point. Gila Point. A disgraced uh, detective who's still on the hunt for the serial killer. Played by Johnny Depp. Yeah, Gila Point is a real person as well. What is the fuck is Johnny Depp doing? What is this character? What is that nose? What is the eyes? What is the accent? What the actual fuck is Johnny Depp doing in this film? Like, what? Like, If you didn't know it was Johnny Depp, I don't think you'd be able to tell, but fucking hell. I think well, it's, it's a, a bit of a family affair, life. isn't it? Because um, Kevin Smith's daughter, Harley Quinn Smith, is really good pals with Lily Rose Depp. So there's yeah. a scene um, when he's travelling throughout Canada that they they goes to a service station called the A to Z, and it's those, t- those two, Lily Rose Depp and Harley Quinn Smith. Yeah, Yoga also, Hoses, some out there. Yeah, the, Yoga Hoses, yeah, yeah, so the second uh, film in the series is Yoga Hoses, and that's centred around those two. And I think, is Gila Point in that film as well? I think so. Yeah, so there's characters. Um, the yeah. thing is, though, again, Gila Point's a real person in real life, and he looks like that. <laughs> <laughs> but wait for it. There's going to be a third film called Moose Jaws. Oh, fuck's sake. Fuck Who's anyway. giving Kevin Smith more money? Um, Me. <laughs> Candy's already touched on this. This film doesn't know what it wants to be. Is it a horror? Is it a comedy? Is it a parody? Fuck knows. Uh, next point. Still boring. Um <laughs> Next point. Someone please stop Johnny Depp. <laughs> stop him. He would have been saying that for years. Yeah. Um, how is he even alive? His body transformation reminds me of Dolphin Plasty from South Park. Remember that episode yes. where Randy gets yes. turned into a dolphin? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's what this reminds me of. That's what the whole film is. Um, these screams. Oh my God, these screams. Because the screams are horrendous. The noise that Wallace makes as the walrus. Oh my god, they are and he just and he goes on and on. There's so much screaming. And it's like the horrendous. They actually work quite well. They are they do go through here, but it's the fact that he's a fucking walrus. Thing is, he's a patchwork yeah. walrus. He's all yeah. stitched up. Stitched <laughs> up. It's so much more disgusting than I I yeah. never thought Kevin Smith had it in him to make such a horrific like a, such a horrific prop. Like he's Awful. such like a happy guy. We're talking to him. You just don't think that's kind of within. Just make a and that's actually uh, Justin Long in the suit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Howard staring through the porthole like a shit-looking Walter White. There's at one point he just <laughs> looks like a shit. He looks like a disheveled Walter White. Um, yeah. Why is he even eating the fish? Just jump in the water and end it. You would, wouldn't end you? End it. You just jump yeah. in the water and kill yourself. Uh, I don't know what's more distracting, the accent or the nose on Depp. Um, <laughs> ha ha ha, what the fuck? He's now dressed up as a walrus himself, fighting Wallace. So, yeah. the, so 
the ending of this film <laughs> is that Howard then gets into his own little homemade walrus skin, and it's just him and <laughs> the Wallace but- butting heads, aren't they? Fighting each other as walrus. <laughs> <laughs> the transformation's complete. He's fully like embraced his life as a walrus now at that point. Yeah. The thing is, though, that he uses the most his tusks to, ki- uh, to kill him. Yeah, apparently the most poign- poignant scene is when Michael Parks is describing his love poignant. with his the old walrus that he had. <laughs> oh, yeah, he goes into like... Weird! Mr. T- all Mr. These, Tuskegee. All these yeah. old stories about his life and he, and, and he, how he was stranded. On an island. He was stranded on an island. The only company <laughs> he had was a, a walrus, which he called Mr. Tusk. And now he, yeah. he, he longs to find Mr. Tusk and he keeps killing all these people <laughs> and turning them into walruses. He's fucked up! Um... <laughs> And then, not only that, it's like, Johnny Depp is got the gun on him, right, end it, kill him. Nope. They keep him alive, and they send yeah. him to a walrus sanctuary. <laughs> Zoo. <laughs> okay. And his girlfriend comes to visit him and is like, oh, it's such a shame. Yeah. His girlfriend, who incidentally is shagging the other guy from the podcast behind yeah. his back, which was a side story that went nowhere and didn't even need to be in there at all. What was the point in that? I think it's anyway. just like it just proves just what absolute assholes those two podcasters were in the first place. Like the, the whole story. All starts podcasters are. <laughs> oh yeah, but the story starts because he was he was off to um, talk about a story where this this kid whose clip went viral from him accidentally chopping his own leg off. Um, yep. And like so Star Wars kid, one a star yeah. kind of thing. Star Wars kid. Yeah. So he ended up mutila- mutilating himself, and um, the podcaster went up to. Um, interview and basically take the piss and find out the kids actually like committed suicide so actually it's it's almost a tale of those two absolute dickhead podcasters kind of getting their comeuppance but the other one doesn't because the other one that is shagging the girlfriend's wife who's potentially worse like his humor is just as bad as justin long's and he's shagging the other guy's girlfriend and he ends up with her and uh just uh happy ending not a walrus walrus. (laughs) why didn't they so right this there's actually a clip. I, I, fucking hell! Um, I sat there and watched the credits for this, but not for any particular reason other than the fact that I was making notes on my phone. So if I hadn't been making notes on my phone, I wouldn't have known about this. Halfway through the credits, cuts to a clip of uh, Kevin podcast. Smith's podcast, mm. where he's describing this film idea he's got. He's clearly high as fuck, and they're just. <laughs> Going on, he's like, and then this happens, and then this happens, and him and whoever's on the other podcast are like, <laughs> like this is so fucked up, so funny. <laughs> like, and it's like, it should have stayed there, Kevin. It should have stayed there. Didn't they get the idea from on the Craigslist po- thing? On your podcast, when do, do not make any more films based on your random <laughs> high podcast musings. And for all those people that voted oh, yeah. hashtag walrus yes, fuck you, this is your fault. <laughs> For shame. <laughs> Are you saying you liked it? <laughs> it's fucking awful, Candy. Honestly. Five out of five? No, I, I hated it so much. So much. <laughs> the good, you can't the tell. good news is that you got the least worst one, so it's good. I it's did as well. I... worse from here. How is, how is it worse than this? <laughs> well, it gets worse because the next Shush film me. we have is one that I got for Gadget, and it's called Verotica. And Verotica is an anthology based on the comics of the same name by Glenn Danzig, singer of oh, the no. uh, in which the erotic and horrific combine to create multiple ghoulish tales of bloodlust, 
Murder, the Occult and the Forbidden. I've wanted you to watch Sporotica for so long, Gadget. <laughs> Tough wank, but he got through it. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Strapping. Mm. It's hard to keep being a friend, isn't it, after this? Right. Candy Millenium Machine, what the fuck did you make me watch? <laughs> Cinematic glory. So this film, st- I, I, I'm going to do a similar thing because I wrote notes here. When I read back through them, I was a bit drunk last night. When I read back through them this morning, it's mostly me shouting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this starts off with a, with, with a lass called Morella, who is your kind of Elvira-esque narrator, kind of introducer between the three stories. Um, she just walks up, the, she's got this woman kind of naked, tied up in, 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 her, in her flat. And she just walks up and before she even says a word, she just takes her fingers and pushes them into the girl's eyes, kills her. And then turns around and says, this is Verotica. I'm like, well, that was, no. That's not a good start. <laughs> we have an opening credits wow. crawl where, 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 of course, Danzig sings the theme tune. Um, but his Mother! Ba- it's not even that. His band sound like they can't be asked. <laughs> <laughs> Danzig and they can't be asked. That's his new band. Yeah, so the, yeah. So the, the, the first of the three tales, of which I have issues, mostly because it's called The Albino Spider of Dajet. You know he doesn't like spiders. She knows I don't like spiders. I forgot. Mm. Really? Well, so no, I says it every week. You don't like spiders. I forgot there was spider bits in it. Yeah. So the the thing is, most of the cast, especially most of the female cast in this, are porn stars. I feel like oh, Glenn Danzig would have had a better time if he made a porno, because all the, this entire film just seems to be like it's shit that turns him on. Mate, um, I'm, I'm just thinking about the casting couch now. I bet that was fucking disgusting. Oh. So, the first, so <sighs> Dajette is played by a woman called Ashley Wisdom, who, in when I look up her IMDb, uh, her perf- porn performer name is uh, Rachel Rishi. Rachel Rishi. Uh, the mm. last last major credit she had under that name was my sexy boss likes anal. It's good on that. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a good one. That or big Sequel's wet interracial better. tits too. Into that one, I like. I like yeah, the first I thought, one better. I thought. I thought. Third, I thought third was better. Yeah, especially the ending. <laughs> <laughs> or, or a Gonzo story, cream pie virgin. That's the level we're talking at here. That's the one I've seen. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that's classic. That's the, the one is, you uploaded to our share, our Dropbox. Yeah. So the thing is, Ashley Wisdom <laughs> is American. Dajet is French, and it's all based in France. She had a voice coach to teach her how to do a French accent. She cannot do a French fucking accent. Nobody in this fucking short can do a French accent. This thing starts off, she's given a blowjob to some bloke while the CGI spider is walking around. Uh, Things get hot and heavy. She takes her top off. And um, her tits have eyes. (laughs) Nice. <laughs> the tits have eyes. <laughs> the guy, the guy Isn't that the sequel to The Hills of Eyes? I was going to say, is that the new Hills of Eyes? <laughs> the thing is, the guy, quite understandably, freaks out at this. He runs off. She starts to cry going, oh no, it happened again. Um, and then <clears throat> the tits start Sucker crying. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> the, hang on, what? hang on. You can bleep this out if it's disgusting. Were the crying milk? No, tears. He missed a trick. He missed a trick. He missed a trick. One of the tit tears drops to the floor and lands on this little CGI albino spider, which inexplicably transforms into a man. A man with eight arms, with like six arms and uh, white makeup on. Well, the thing is, is, so the the note here is the spider becomes a man who loves Dajet, 
but he was a tiny spider 30 seconds ago, and then he wants to roam. And then the spider, every time Dejek goes to sleep, the spider goes on a killing spree, killing prostitutes. He fucks them in the arse and then snaps their neck for no fucking nice. reason. No desire at all is given it. He just goes and kills women. Do they not notice he's got eight arms? They, they, they don't seem to care. Oh. I don't think he has money. They're all prostitutes. Oh, fingers for finger blasting. I think Whoa. it looks so, I mean, it looks so obvious that they aren't actually eight arms. It's, it's quite clearly like his two arms with strings. Yeah, pulling the arms underneath. <laughs> like this, and they've got string yeah. on the yeah. paper mache arms underneath his other real ones. <laughs> I'm a spider. So, because the accents were so bad in it, I put the subtitles on to watch it, just to try and understand what they're saying. The subtitles don't match the dialogue at any point. That means it's a bad film. Yeah. Every shot lingers far too long. There are so many really awkward shots where there's a bit of dialogue going on, and the camera's just sat on Dejet's face for like a second, and she's like looking side to side, wondering when he's going to shout cut. And they've kept that in. Um. The, 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 the spider picks up a hooker and, um, who, who points out to him that ass fuck is my speciality. Which is the tier of writing and that we're talking about. Please call them sex workers from now on. Um, <laughs> the, it sounds more fun than mine. It does. The, 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 the spider's exploits eventually get to the news where, you know, like women are turning up with broken necks. What do the news call this serial killer? I, women are turning up with broken necks. My neck's broke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're being found. Yeah, being found. They're calling the serial killer Le Neckbreaker. Le because Neckbreaker. Apparently, apparently there's no neckbreaker. French word for neckbreaker. Wow. Uh, wow. There is one point in this, in this short where there is some music playing in the background, which is Danzig singing in French, and it's hilarious because Danzig cannot sing in French, barely can sing in English. Uh, Dejette, for some inexplicable reason, goes to the cinema to watch a porno. She falls asleep during it, which allows the spider to roam. Um, but then while she's asleep in this porno theatre, just three random guys that happen to be in there just start to touch her up. And then they get really pissy when she wakes up and walks out. At like, no point what, does she when you went to see two tickets to paradise? What happened there, <laughs> At no point does anybody query the fact that this, this, they were going to rape her. No point Whoa. does she even just bring out the concept that these guys were touching her up in the cinema while she was asleep. <laughs> Um, and, and, and then eventually she just kills herself with sleeping tablets. And then the police walk in, find this Spider-Man, Spider-Man thing, shoot him dead. And then you have this scene of these three policemen kind of looking over the body going, he has extra arms. It's like, yeah, no fucking shit. He's also six foot four and, and like pale ashen white with red lines down his face. But no, yeah, just notice the arms. Eventually, after you've killed it. <laughs> and they ate dicks. That's, that, that's just the first one. The second one is called a change of face. Were you looking at uh, a bottle of, you know, looking at them going, thinking, oh, fucking, I might take her, her, her way out. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same, mate. I mean, suicide is Get painless compared to this. Jesus Christ. Uh, a, a, a change of face. So this one starts with another porn star hanging around creepy streets. She starts shouting at something off screen. Uh, then there's this woman stood there who I, I've, I've marked her as uh, uh, Susie without her banshees. Because that's what she looks like. Um, and she's holding a knife. And she, the woman says, what do you want? This uh, one with the knife says, I want your face. You can't have my face, is the response to that. I need that. <laughs> and then she just goes around chopping off faces like it's nobody's business. Jeez. This is a 30-minute uh, story. Seven and a half minutes of it are scenes of strippers, just stripping, just dancing on pools. That's it. That scene just does go on too. Like they're having a, it's, it's a meeting with the detective, isn't it? Yeah, um, with, or with the police chief, well, and they well, decide to do there's it. There's three in... separate sequences of strippers. 
Can you send I the link to this film, please? Just for science. <laughs> well, it, it starts off with one, which is a full three and a half minutes um, with some so- some song. Maybe I can't remember what the name of the band is, but some aging eighties rocker band playing a song, and it's terrible. Um, what, what, what I found really funny is <laughs> though. What I found really funny no. though is that this strip club, there are more strippers than customers there. Because he clearly didn't have the budget for extras. <laughs> I mean, that is fairly representative of the strip clubs. Who would recently. need extra? Who would need extras? Just say, uh, "Do you want a free strip club show?" <laughs> um, and then, uh, then we get the announcement of the mystery girl, and we get more stripping now with a Danzig song in the background. And it's it, it's this girl coming out. She's she's wearing a cloak. She's got a, um, a like kind of a mask over her and skull shaped pasties over her tits. Because of course, nice. um, it totally does not look like he's bought stickers from a Halloween shop for that one. Totally, absolutely does not. Um, at one point, a customer tries to give her quite a lot of money, and she just gets on her knees and stares at him until he runs away. Which I don't get. You would think that she's dancing; she would want the money. But mm. um, then it kind of moves on. She goes to an, another stripper's house to cut off her face, and it's another one of these "I'm going to take your face. You can't have my face. My face is mine." kind of thing. Um, and then the worst fight scene ever, where she just kind of pushes her over, and you see like the it's one of those kind of costume knives where like it's got you know when they put a little pressure on it, it like lets like fake blood out, but it's so obvious about it, it looks like a Halloween store prop. And then she walks off with this girl's face, and this girl terrible makeup of this kind of bleeding. This woman's just standing there going, "My face, my face." It's just like, no, um, more <laughs> goddamn strippers. And then we get the police turn up with who's being led by non-union Michael, non-union Michael Chiklis, um, growling his way through as a detective, just standing there drinking coffee, going, "What do we got? Oh, we can't let the press know about this kind of bullshit." Uh, it turns out the girl is stealing faces because she's got a scarred cheek. That's it. She feels disfigured, so she's stealing other people's faces. But then she staples them to the wall in her dressing room and talks to them like they're her children. Um, the policeman. Goes to the strip club because for some reason, mystery girl left her business card at the scene of the crime, which led the police directly to her. They, yeah, um, he walks in, calls the strippers dollface because of course he's a sexist pig. Uh, walks in, con- confronts mystery girl. Um, she gets him. She gets him from behind, and, like holds a knife to his throat. Then he fires his gun, and all of a sudden she's been shot three times and is running out the door, but she was behind him when he shot the gun. You don't know how guns work, mate. You've never fired a gun. Clearly not. Uh, and that's the end of that one. Uh, she's, she, she then becomes an, uh, another stripper at another place called Mysteria. I think that's my favourite so far. Um, oh. And then we get to Drukija, the Contessa of Blood. <laughs> now, full disclosure, Which... I've seen Veronica a couple of times. Neither time Why? have I quite made it all the way through this one because it, there's usually a lot of alcohol involved and I fall asleep. I, th- I, I, think, I think this one gave me eye cancer because it was terrible. <laughs> so this one... This one Can you uh, pull that on the box, please? <laughs> <laughs> so when, when, when I looked at um, the Wikipedia on this one, the very sparse Wikipedia for this, uh, Drakeja Contessa of Blood has been described as a take, quote-unquote, on historical figure and murderer Elizabeth Bathory. It's fucking mm-hmm. not. No. We have some terrible green screen with a woman, a woman walking through a dungeon with bodies hanging from the ceiling in, in, in a crown, rubs blood on her face. Um, Even in blood and all that nonsense. Y- yeah, she gets, then gets on a horse with some terrible green screen with her guards. They walk past some peasants, then walk into a peasant's house and buy her daughter for some reason. 
Um, and then he goes back to the castle. The Contessa's picking from a lineup of identical blonde girls without any explanation as to why. He's got um, a taste. We then move to a one-minute-long shot of the Contessa sitting in a, in, a, in a throne observing grapes. She's just hanging a bunch of grapes in front of her face, just looking at them. Not eating them, but it's a minute, a full minute of this 30-minute sequence. It's path off uh, that, mate. Then we, we, we cut to one of the blonde girls is strung up on a goat statue naked with her wrists cut in waist-deep in blood. Um, but they haven't told the girl to act dead so you can actually see her breathing. <laughs> Which is fun. And then the Contessa gets naked, climbs into the Virgin's blood, and starts licking it from her arms in a very long and uncomfortable sequence, which is neither erotic or violent or anything. It's just embarrassing to watch. Well, after 15 minutes of this 30-minute story, we get the context that, ba- that she thinks bathing in Virgin's blood will help her stay useful. Uh, youthful. It does, doesn't it? No. <laughs> um, we also get... We also get, in the sequence of her in the bath, another one of these virgins is brought to her. Uh, she kind of swings around the bath, kind of presents her chest as if for the cum shot, because they then slit her throat, which sprays all over her chest and face. <laughs> it's it's awful. It's so bad. I've, the literal next note after this, I've just written, Christ, Glenn, just make a fucking porno. <laughs> um... We get another sequence of the Contessa walking up to uh, uh, another blonde virgin girl, naked, up, hanging upside down by her legs, begging for her life. The Contessa is, says she is shopping for some skin and then cuts this girl's throat with the worst se- effects of the blood spraying out over her to the point where you can see uh, on, on the camera the, um, the actress who's playing the Contessa has a hand on the back of this girl's neck where the blood pouch is and is pressing it to make more blood spurt out of the fake thing <laughs> on her neck. <laughs> Fucking terrible. <laughs> and we, the last sequence that we get is a, another virgin brought to her while she sat on a throne. Um, this girl's clearly drugged or asleep or something like that. She pulls out a knife. She cuts down her chest, pulls the heart still beating out with all these extra blood vessels, all these extra kind of long arteries coming off it. Like the, there isn't spare tubes in your body. It's not like all wrapped up in there. But she pulls it out and starts eating it while the girl is still alive. I don't think it works like that. It does not fucking work like that. <laughs> I can confirm. Kalima! Yeah. Um, and, and that's it. No, no story gets resolved. There's no narrative. There's no nothing. It's just a collection no of scenes that gives structure. Glenn Danzig a hard-on. It's terrible. It's shot like a fucking film student with a five-pound budget and just asked his mates to go into it, but at least those kind of films have a story or something to do. No, this is just terrible. Glenn Danzig should not be allowed. He's made another film after this, and he should not be... Why would you make a film like this if you can't make films? Tommy Wiseau made something with a fucking structure to it. I mean, my God! I mean, fucking Kevin Smith made a thing with a fucking walrus in it, and that made more sense than this! (laughs) (laughs) So it's a clear start to finish. I think it was one of the girls as well that was, like, being hanging up. And I think it's the one that was maybe supposed to be dead, but she... She's supposed to be chained up and being kind of held by her wrist, but you can see she's literally just hanging on She's holding on to it, yeah. Like there's nothing round her her wrist or anything. Yeah, it's so terribly made and put together. And then I watched watched the credits because I was having to, like, you know, stop myself from smashing things. Um, I had to calm down. There was, like, 200 people involved with this film. There are so many people. Not one of them has gone to dance and gone, mate, you can't fucking do this. It's terrible. (laughs) What was the budget for it? There had to be the budget for it. 
No, so of course like it then. No. He just wanted to make a f- <laughs> He just he should have just made a pawn. Do you think there's so there's a new Danzig film coming out and I don't know when it is. It was out last year. I really want to watch it. It was out last year. You can't find it anywhere. It's not streamable. So it's called Death Rider in the House of Vampires. And this time it's starring Danzig as well, written by Danzig, directed by Danzig, starring Danzig. Probably Danzig wrote the theme tune. It's also got Eli. Probably did the catering. Yeah, probably. Uh, It's also got Eli Roth in it. And Danny Trejo. Um, And Danny Trejo. And I, this one is clearly supposed to be campy. Like it's, it's. I think it's evidently a piss take of themselves. Do you think that there was any of that in the first one? Do you think it was deliberately oh. terrible, or do you think it was like? Because I, I sort of feel like if you wanted it to be deliberately that terrible, you couldn't possibly make it unless you're super intelligent and really know the sort of um, subtleties of making a scene so, bad. So, so, so making something that's deliberately terrible. The only thing that's successfully done that would be Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. That's how you do a deliberately terrible thing like this. This doesn't have it. This is earnestly, earnestly made, which is the worst part of it. Uh, reading on the so Verotica, on Wikipedia, Verotica premiered on 13th of June 2019 at the Cinepocalypse Film Festival. Throughout the screening, the film elicited laughter from the audience. In a Q&A session following the show, Danzig asserted he did not intend for the film to be comedic, stating that viewers laughed at parts <laughs> that he wouldn't have. Oh, he'd have been wanking. Yeah, he he's just he he wrote this as if it were a genuine horror film. Um, it doesn't even feel like he wrote it to be tongue in cheek. He thought all of these things were good ideas, and he clearly thought they were all executed well. Um, they fucking were not. I I'm mean, glad you enjoyed it, though, mate. I mean, Glenn Danzig was the cinematographer for it as well. <laughs> you mean he held a camera? Yeah. Directed by Glenn Danzig, written by Glenn Danzig, produced by Glenn Danzig, cinematography Glenn Danzig, music by Glenn Wanton Danzig. By um, Glenn Danzig. I, I, I've been, I'll tell you what, I've been listening to you do this. I've been flicking through this film. <laughs> every single, found it online. Every single time I flick through it, it's just someone with a top off or yeah. in, in lingerie or stripper or into it. It is literally just <laughs> a porn, but without the hardcore porn. The, th- the thing is, at no point is this film sexy. Like you could, you could forgive yeah. it being terrible if it was actually if there was an element of the erotica to it. There Mate, is not. Sorry, not. but boobies with eyes crying. <laughs> oh, I saw that. I'm gonna look at that. Look <laughs> yeah. that up because fucking no, I, hell. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to text it to our WhatsApp group, and you can, and you can see it because <laughs> really fucking sexy. Because <laughs> I was, I was, I was <laughs> ranting about this on the Sequelizers Discord last night because I needed an outlet to it, but I didn't want to. Don't s- put the fucking darkness onto them, poor lads. <laughs> Yeah, I've just texted you. I've just texted you a screenshot of it, and you can see it for yourself. Ooh, I need to go to toilet. Right, whilst you all enjoy that, we'll move on to. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> yeah, it's really fucking gross. <laughs> the magic got eyelids. <laughs> yes, and they cry. <laughs> they're big. That's like one of my exes. They're big boobies. And if, yeah, uh, and, and, if, and if you want to see what the spider looks like, what was the name again? <laughs> <laughs> If you, yeah, I've just I've just sent you one where it got a shot of Dajet and the spider. And, that's oh. not just a spider or a man with that is a horror. That yeah. is an eldritch beast. The, th- the, the thing is that there's a, there's a shot quite late on in that where you kind of like there's a shot of him full body and you can see the suit is coming apart in between his legs. Like there's this massive oh, gap. God. You can see his jeans. <laughs> well, I've got a Halloween costume sorted now. Oh god, no! It's fucking <laughs> terrible. I mean, the, the, 
I, the thing is, like, bad horror films can have redeeming things. You can enjoy a bad horror film. This you can't. There is nothing enjoyable about this film whatsoever. Out of 10, what would you give it? <laughs> Minus 10. 69 <laughs> out of 10. God. I, 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 Glenn Danzig needs to be stopped, just in general. <laughs> just in life. Just yeah, someone retire him, please. No, no, I'm not going to say that. No, just someone stop no, him. He'll from be making dead next things. week. Now he's going to be dead next week because of you. You've done this. Rip Danzig. Be proud of yourself. Anyway, Biggie, sorority babes in the slime ball bowlerama. So <laughs> I fucking love this. He fucking loves. I chose this. this one specially for you, Biggie. I hope you appreciate it. So, as part of a sorority ritual, pledges and their male companions steal a trophy from a bowling alley. Unbeknownst to them, it contains a devilish imp who makes their lives a living hell. You made my life a living hell watching this. Thanks very much. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, this isn't AAA. This isn't a B movie. This isn't even the fucking alphabet. This call movie. It a double it, D it's, movie. Just, it's just the worst. It's poorly shot. It's just, oh my word. So, as you mentioned, it has notable screen queens, Linnea Quigley, Brink Stevens, and Michelle Bauer all appearing together. Never heard of them before. We'll never see anything with them again. Um, yeah, it was filmed in 87. As soon as the movie starts, it's got just pink text for all the title and the actors, if that's what you want to call them. Um, it's got this awful synth music with guitar riffs and keyboard beats it's just oh it's awful absolutely awful um it had a limited release thank god in january 1988 um it was later released to home video of course and in later years it apparently gained recognition as a so bad it's good cult film but no it's not it's so bad it's really bad so the three nerdy frat boys that you meet at the beginning it comes across like um he's one of them called chad <laughs> I think one is. Is like it a title Thad? There might be a Thad in no, there. No, it's call one Chad. Calvin, Jimmy, and Keith, believe it or not. So, yeah, you Keith. can see where this is Keith's going. Keith's not an American yep. name. <laughs> and it starts with them Jekers. in this real sort of um, porky sort of scenario where they're in their room in their dorm and they just, they've heard that there's going to be this uh, initiation ceremony. So, they off they pop to go and see if they can see some girlies getting naughty. Um, the sorority members Babs, Rhonda and Frankie prepare yeah, the ritual for the newcomers Taffy and Lisa Taffy, what the hell is that so the girls are observed going through this little ritual where there's a bit of paddle board spanking, thanks Ooh. for that um, some spray cream on them which was not hilarious but they laughed and laughed and laughed didn't they <laughs> and then um, the girls decide they need to shower off this cream yes. and of course we we get the very long titillation of seeing the girls in the shower spraying it off oh disgusting wasn't that? It off. absolutely disgusting and why did i not get one of the, like <laughs> a in it i just got a big fat I've, walrus man <laughs> i've never seen somebody try for so long to get rid of a bit of cream off their bodies but Oof. thank you, Candy. I appreciated that little bit of boobs and flange. But um, <laughs> flange. I had to wipe his cream off. <laughs> what the fuck is flange? <laughs> but because the boys get caught peeking, the um, leader of the group, Bab, she decides that she's going to put the we girls to, to task and send the boys with them to go and get said trophy from the bowling alley, which is at the local mall. Unknown to them, Bab's father also runs them all. So whilst they're off inside trying to get hold of the trophy, the three girls are actually watching it all through security cameras. 
Now, Calvin, the main guy, he has one can of Budweiser and is sick throughout the whole movie and plays a really bad drunk. He's just one awful can of Budweiser. It. Yeah, I mean, American anyone would be sick after yeah. drinking that. But wow. it's, yeah, it's just poorly acted. The acting is just atrocious throughout. Whilst they arrive at the said mall and they're hunting around for the trophy, the lead character, Calvin, discovers that there's another person in there, a girl called Spider, who's actually trying to break in and steal money from this why she's picked a fucking bowling alley, I have no idea. Clearly doesn't break into many places. Whilst they're looking for this trophy cabinet, I was more interested in the arcade machines that were going on in the background, and I managed to clock <laughs> Track and Field, Tron, Volga, Space Jewel, and Rampage, amongst others, because oh, that yeah. was about as interesting as it got. During a little scuffle, the trophy is knocked to the floor, and it releases an imp, which, for reasons unknown, speaks jive and street talk, and a bit, sounds a bit like the chef from South Park. A racist imp. Yeah, it's just uh, yeah, it's so racist. It's just a little, really poor puppet that's badly <laughs> animated. Thing. Yeah, but it's not as good as that. It just looks no. like a little imp gargoyle type creature, and he talks a little bit, kind of jive, Don't do man, it. And don't do I'm it. I'm gonna give you wishes. No. I'm gonna give you I three wishes. <laughs> it's so so bad. So he grants these wishes to a few of the people. And they go, oh, well, I want gold. And the other one says, oh, I want, I've always wanted to be the prom queen. And as if by magic, Let me guess. the girl turns one of the boys said, prom queen. I want pussy. One of the boys says, I want pussy. And he decides yeah. he wants to sleep with one of the girls from the sorority nice. group, the new one. So, of course, against her will, she suddenly grabs him, pulls him away, and then tries to have That's sex cool. with him. The acting is on par with the children's school play. Um, I feel completely, utterly vindicated in any performances of mine on Scorch Sheep after seeing this. <laughs> the only decent bit of horror is that the fat guy is killed and they use his head as a bowling ball. Um, ah. It's quite effective. And actually, when the head stops, it actually really does look like the actor. So that was quite cool. Oh, wow. Other than that, this movie Maybe has no other redeeming. Yeah. The uh, imp then obviously is actually not a nice imp. He's a bad imp, and it all just becomes a bit like a slasher fest. The fighting between the girls that get turned into zombies is awful. The dialogue is awful. There's just nothing at all redeeming about this movie. It's just a poorly, poorly directed film. It's not funny. Um, it's not disgusting. There's no real horror in it. It's just really poor, awful, just... I thought it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> and I, I don't understand it. what is good about this at all. It's just not redeemable in any way or form. I think looking back at now, obviously, like it's terrible, but I just I feel like at the time when it was released, it would have like it would have been a hit amongst teenagers when it like you can just see like the lads taking their the girlfriends to the cinema to see it. Like I nope. can totally see why it's a cult classic. No, nope. is it yeah. a cult classic? I've never yeah, even fucking heard making, of it. They're making a sequel this year. It's in production right now. Can't wait. There's a fight scene between two girls where they're fighting over a crowbar, and they're literally just moving it left and right like that. <laughs> Not, there's no like, I've got to get this off you. No, I've got to get this off you. It's literally like, that. yeah, it's literally like that. Another girl, as you know, obviously a stuntman gets set alight. Um, to imitate one of the actors being on fire and it's not particularly well done. It's just awful. It's just, yeah. Sorry, Candy, this is one of the worst things I've ever seen. I am, I am just, glad. Well, yeah, you'll be I'm disappointed. I am so disappointed I had this. <laughs> I still so think sorry. you got off lightly. I think you might have done. Um, 
what was I going to say? Yeah, th- th- my favorite part of that whole film as well is right the, after everyone's been killed off, and the two main characters are left. Spoiler alert! Rather than oh yeah, most people die. Um, rather than sort of say, should we maybe call the police? Um, the female lead says, should we should we go home then? Should we go to my place? <laughs> Wow. And then they, just and then they get on a, a little BMX, uh, yeah, a little motorbike thing, isn't it? It's, it's not even oh, a PTSD from the end. And, yeah, and he gets put into system. a little box, and then at, right at the end, he's in the little box going, hey man, someone come in, give me out of Stop doing box. the accent! Fucking, <laughs> <But it's laughs> the yeah. puppet is hilarious. I'm just going to do a good yeah, image search. It's not good. It's not good. Why he has to sound like the chef from South Park, I just don't. Why know. you have to keep doing it voices on me? No explanation at all <laughs> from that. Right, it's then. so weird. Such a weird movie. You didn't get the worst. No, he didn't, Oodle, did he? Oodles got the worst. Oodles <laughs> got terror at Beloved Park Lake. So a group of college kids head off to their friend's cabin for a little high-octane sex weekend that they will get to... They will get more than they bargained for in the form of evil scarecrow killer Jimmy Van Brunt. Seems like nobody is safe at spooky cabins in the woods by the lakes these days. Take it away. I fucking hate you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so long about who to... like Because this was my backup for you as well. I wanted to give you Cradle of Fear because I, I thought, well, maybe you might at least enjoy the music. But with Cradle yeah, of Fear... Yeah, what done. Just, no, no. Cradle no. of Fear has got just... It's just kind of gross and nothing... I don't like ...really that. charming about it. Whereas Bloodfart Lake... Has nothing redeemable. So, directed by Chris Seaver, whoever that is, and starring absolutely fucking nobody, uh, with a budget of a whop, I found this out, whopping $750, which was the price of the phone the film was filmed on. So. <laughs> One of the writers is called Ron Bonk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. So, uh, let me just give you a backstory. I, I started watching this. I had a bottle of Hennessy that I got given. Which, Did you finish it? I don't know if you know. It's gone. Uh, um, <laughs> so I did what uh, any good reviewer does, and I made notes while I watched it. So this is, these notes are going to get worse. I've not edited them all. <laughs> so the film starts with a guy called Hambone talking to his bitch on the phone. That's what he calls her. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Hambone likes to speak about himself in the third person with such quotes as, Hambone got a nine-foot dick. Um, he goes and sits on the dock and a creature jumps out and gets him no blood smash cut terrible song and the lead actress doing the splits basically this is like a little montage of the lead actress doing splits bearing my candy you know I don't like ska punk the whole fucking <laughs> soundtrack is ska punk oh yeah it is isn't it yeah. oh it's fucking horrible oh, so the car breaks down and the crew that consists of Snake, Sally and Leo and whatever the others are called, I can't be asked. Um, Snake always dates goth chicks because they're insecure. That's a quote. Uh, <laughs> God. They're pretending to be teenagers, they're not teenagers. The actors, th- these are all bullet points now because I was getting more drunk as it went on. The actors fuck up lines but they keep it in, literally. There's one scene where goes, oh, sorry, I mean, and he, does, and he just continues to keep it in. It's all shot on a camera phone. Um, the word, and you can bleep this out if you want, is used 17 times in this film. I hate that word. I will, I will, bleep, word. That, I will bleep that out, listeners. He, he said the R word. Yes, awful. The word bitch is used 17 times in this film. 
Um, Leo pisses into the car that's low on gas, from how it works. Uh, <laughs> I think that means he needs to go to the doctor. Yeah, he's been drinking dragon soup. <laughs> so, uh, the story that Leo says about the curse apparently gets the goth girl wet. There's a goth girl in this. And in her words, she's on the brink of an orgasm while he's telling her this story of Blood Fart Lake. Leo is, is, Leo is also sterile. Don't know what that adds to the story. It doesn't lead anywhere. He just says he's sterile. <laughs> Most of the music is scarpunk, which I fucking hate. The cabin is actually a caravan. Yeah. <laughs> it's a caravan. Um, the goth girl has another gloom orgasm, as she calls it, and wants ghosts to enter her. Oh, my God. The real silver lining to this is knowing I'm a quarter of the way through this film already, so I was 15 minutes in. I want to take this moment out of my note-taking to remind you that you're a fucking idiot, Candy. So I wrote that while I was drunk. <laughs> this is the first time I'm out. reading these. I'm not... Oh, another note. I'm not angry at you, Candy. I'm just disappointed. Back to the film. Caspian is the cleaner at the caravan and is a friend of Hambone. The goth says... Um, uh, she asks Caspian if he likes the best metal band ever, Evanescence. And he, <laughs> retorts, he retorts with, no, I only like really brutal bands like Nightwish. <laughs> I, hate, I hate this film. Um, there's a, what are those? Shoe meme gag in it. Literally like that. Um, two of the actors are doing African-American accents. They're white. Ooh, ooh, uh, that's ooh. one of the notes. <laughs> I thought it was Cajun. I thought they were doing Cajun accents. That's still not better. No, th that's still racist. <laughs> um, the actors keep getting the character names wrong and saying sorry. I mean, they kept getting they kept saying the actor's name rather than the character's name <laughs> a few times in this, which is ridiculous. Smash cut to Leo fixing what he calls a hybrid car. It's a 2001 Ford Comptor, which is a Mondeo. Uh, so it's not a hybrid car at all. Then, a sexy goth girl comes and flirts with him and calls him a fuck-knuckle. I like that bit. That was my favourite bit. It's a good insult. Back to the gang in the caravan. <laughs> One of the characters keeps saying, forget about it. He's not Italian in any way. He's got a black wig on. Um, nothing of note happens for about 30 minutes. Appreciate this. Literally, they sit around a table and do ghost stories, and that's scary. Um, the goth mentions that Glenn Danzig is the reason she is no longer cuts her labia. Caspian retorts with, you I no longer shit out of my dick. Sentence? What the fuck? That's, that's my note. That's what she says. I definitely that's missed that says. bit. Did you? Did you? Really? Oh, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, it's fu this film's fucking terrible. Danzig has a lot to answer for. Yeah. He does. Caspian basically has the same accent as Oropan, to the point where if <laughs> I didn't know them? Gadget, I, I didn't, if I know you'd not seen this, I think you'd have copied it. Absolutely. All the way through it. Um, Even that would annoy me. A girl do comes that out. I'll get ready. A girl comes out of the water. The boys go, oh my God, it's slutty McTramp whore. The crew shouts, boobs. <laughs> that, was the great, that was the best point for Oodles' Discord to freeze. Yeah. <sighs> Did it freeze? Yeah, yeah. Literally just yeah. as you said, tramp whore. Oh, wow. Even Discord can't um, take it. One note I've got here. This is becoming offensive, especially to women. I was getting a bit annoyed now mm. at this point. Uh, he, he meets up with Slutter McTrampon. He goes, well, the water must be cold, huh? Your nipples look like they're ready to attack. She shits herself in a swimsuit. She shits herself in a swimsuit, literally. Oh, no, I've got to go change my swimsuit. I've shit myself. And he's like, wow, that's awesome. 
30 minutes in, I thought this was a horror. There's no horror at the moment so far. It's just a porno without the shagging. Oh, we're nearly there now, don't worry, guys. <laughs> Leo and the sexy goth girl are in the car on the way to Bloodfart Lake. But the background is the worst green screen you've ever seen in your life. They're basically driving past black holes and the universe. <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually just a slideshow as well. Like there's no, yeah, it's like, so bad. It's just picture and then also, the next picture. Speaking of continuity, the car has suddenly changed into a Toyota. No explanation. It's supposed to be the same car. <laughs> Weird. The sexy goth girl called Miss Ambrosia kicks Leo out of the car and cries because he breaks his weird his weird owl tape. Oh, yeah, he's a weird owl fan. He goes, not my weird owl tape! He snaps it in half. <sighs> Nothing happens again for another ten minutes. Um, the gang are partying in the caravan. Get ready. Sucking off bananas. As you do. Not joking. <laughs> not joking. Something is skulking in the trees while the gang goes swimming. Ooh. One of the gang's mums apparently went to Bill Cosby's house and heaped period blood on the floor. What the fuck is this film, Candy? A rip-roaring good time. <laughs> is it? Why have you seen these films? I mean, I've watched the trailer for this, and it just looks like a bunch of knobheads fucking around with their phone camera. It looks it, it, it looks like I one of those films Bam Margera made in 2003. <laughs> it's worse. It's worse. Uh, the, oh, you'd like this, Gadget. The night scenes have no lighting. <laughs> oh, so, oh, so it's got something in common with Game of Thrones, then. Yeah, yeah. 45 <laughs> minutes in, Snake is killed by a guy with a sack on his head with headphones on. He chops Snake's fingers off with Snake. a junior hacksaw. Snake. Yeah, he's got Snake. Bear in mind, Snake's the Italian-American one. Uh, uh, he, he cuts his fingers off with a junior hacksaw, then stabs him in the eye with a corn on the cob. Uh, the killer speaks to the camera. He's obviously Caspian with the bag on his head. It's basically him. Uh, the same actor, it's not the actual character, it's just the same actor, you can fucking tell. Uh, the next morning, we witness Caspian wanking and screaming, Stretch marks! Stretch marks! What the fuck is this film? <laughs> Another note, I hate this, I hate you. Um, I've, <laughs> one of my final notes, it is my final note actually, I'm stopping writing notes, I'll give you a summary at the end. Well, the gang killed a killer with a con again. It wasn't Caspian in the end, just the same actor. It ends with another shit Scarpunk song. Terrible. I've also put, this is perhaps the worst film I have ever watched. Every character is intolerable. It's not that crap it's funny, it's just truly unfunny. It's not scary, and the scene where the sexy goth shits out her dead brother is a crime cinema. A crime to cinema. She shits out her dead brother. Not kidding. The reason why this film hasn't been banned on YouTube is the quality is so bad you can barely see what's happening. Zero out of ten. Calling this a movie is an insult to the industry. It makes Grown Ups Two look like the Shawshank Redemption. Fucking hell. End of. <laughs> so you're not. You, I fucking. You're not going to watch this. Return to Blood. Oh, so you're not going to watch the sequel then. <laughs> I was going to say I've got, just... I've got a list of the films that S- it's SRS Cinema apparently they've made this. So you've got Cinema um... is the fucking wrong word for it. SRS phones. So you've got Terror yeah. of Bloodfart Lake, you've got Return to Bloodfart Lake, and going through some of the other films they've made, you've got Amityville Karen, Sharks of the Corn. <laughs> Why are they obsessed with corn? Amityville House, Shark House. Because it's all they've got like, around them. What we've got is a few cornfields around us. I've got to go grab some corn. $750 <laughs> budget. Virus Shark. Why did you make me do this? Because I don't understand why you've watched Do you this. like no, it? I don't understand, Candy. Like, I have a lot yeah. of time on my hands and a drinking problem. Oh, Sex Squatch. Oh. 
this one they got. Uh, oh, one for you all, Dune World. A deep space creature <laughs> takes, World. On, takes a job on a mysterious remote planet. A crash landing strands them on the hostile surface. Soon they find out what creatures live there and the hidden fate of the They have not got the budget for a it, sci-fi All of these film. films are just going to be them filming it around their caravan. Yeah. Like, caravan, they're probably going to stick some fucking plastic, like, cardboard yeah. wings on the caravan and pretend it's a spaceship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. <laughs> Here's a good one. Moist Fury. When their best fighter, Dewback, is killed, the Queefs must extract exact bloody vengeance. But the thing the is, Queefs. Candy, what Isn't what Dewback really, a really racist term? What, yeah, what really got me is how offensive it is to women. This is not a good film to women. Uh, yeah, no, it is bad. I think for me it's just so bloody ridiculous. You just... It's all the period jokes. There's no need in it. Yeah. There's no need in it. I mean, I, I, it's I've, offensive. I've looked up Chris Seaver and seen what he's done as a director. I mean, but I think what he does is he comes up with a title, gets high, and makes it. So he has um, ski- oh, like Kevin Smith then. Yeah. So he has uh, yeah. ski-, <laughs> ski Wolf, which yeah, Ski yeah. Wolf. Uh, yeah. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween Night. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure that one's uh, lined up for a, um, a suing. Uh, Mulva, some zombie ass kicker. Uh, Team you know Ape what? goes to camp. You know what? Anal paprika. I watched this. I watched this, and I, I was, I was so pissed off after. It. Obviously, YouTube recommendation because I watched it on YouTube because it's free. Oh, is it, and is it the next thing that came up, the, the next thing that came up was carpool karaoke, and I fucking hate that man. <laughs> Preferred it. Preferred it. He did a. See, what I don't get is if if you're sitting home and I know I have issues with the UIs for certain apps, but how are you finding these movies when you have so much choice to watch to sit down and watch a movie? How have you pulled? Because she gets Fangoria every month. Uh, It's a subscription to Shudder, and they find me. Generally, <laughs> and you know, like a lonely Saturday night after a bottle of wine and some olives, and you know, I need entertainment. You can't be serious. There's, there's literally nothing redeeming about Blood Fat Lake. Not nothing whatsoever. I mean, in, in fairness, usually about twenty minutes in, I'm I'm gone. That's me, you know, waking up on the sofa the night the the, the morning after. So you wanted us to watch these for you? Is that what it is? Oh no, I've seen them all. Like I always go back and see them. I'm pissed off, really, mate. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you all enjoyed your films. I truly am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm. My algorithm. Yeah, Gadget gave, gave me yeah, the Banana Splits movie, and it's definitely not as bad as the ones I gave you. No, so, because you know, I like you and I'm a nice person. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to see you suffer, Candy, but I think I might change that opinion. <laughs> My character's going to die, isn't she, on uh, Whoever, on get, whoever gets you for... Um... Secret Santa. Secret Santa. Oh no, I've doomed myself. And I, I'm notorious for gifts, so shit in a box. <laughs> <laughs> I am literally willing to chop my finger off and send you it. That's how angry I am. I know, Candy. I'm not going to kill off Capri, but the cat might leave you. <gasps> no. Um, Give me the cat. Give me the cat. Yeah, he might, he, might, he might take a fancy to treble. No. Why would you do this? You've earned this, mate. You've earned it. <laughs> yeah, you brought this on yourself. You're a bad friend. <laughs> Remember when we went to went to um, Peterborough and I saved you from that tarantula? Oh yeah, you did. <sighs> Those tarantulas mate. are staying next time, aren't they? Yeah, they're going in your air. No. <laughs> Telling you, <laughs> if Gadget had saw that spider, though, we'd have lost his shit, wouldn't he? Probably. Oh, it was, it was a big boy. 
Because you lost your shit in his room. Oh, God. I'm just filming. I'm filming. Bluff Out Lake is literally the worst thing I've ever watched. I think it's possibly the worst thing ever made. So I was glad that I could share it. Yet yet it's rated on IMD higher than Verotica. Verotica's got 1.9 on IMD. I think it's because with the budget, they can't be as offensive as they'd want to be. It's just the dialogue is. And the fact that the actors kept... just getting the lines wrong, and they, obviously they, they, they didn't know how to edit. They probably edited so it on the camera. Edit. Yeah. Oh, it's like a Sony Ericsson as well. No, no Walkman phones. Oh, it's a potato <laughs> it for sure. Oh, it's like mine. I think my movie was just improvised dialogue because it was just awful, just awful, awful. Anyway, what did you watch, you bastard? So- <laughs> So I watched the Banana Splits movie and it's a comedy horror set in a universe where the real life Banana Splits TV TV show has been running for the last 50 years. And it's basically, I'll, I'll go through it quickly because it wasn't that bad. It was, it was pretty terrible. I like this film. It was pretty terrible. Um, so Banana Splits mega fan wins tickets to the show. Uh, as it turns out, the Banana Splits aren't actually actors in suits, uh, but they're robots uh, that have to be regularly reprogrammed and updated by a studio technician. And apparently the most recent update has caused a glitch that sends them on a spree to kill everyone in the studio. And that's kind of all you need to know about the story. It's Five Nights at Freddy, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but not quite as, yeah, basically not quite as fun as Five Nights at Freddy. Yeah. Um, there's some good, there's some surprisingly gory kills and making full yeah. use of props, like an oversized lollipop being shoved down someone's throat. Someone got mm-hmm. impaled by a magic wand. Someone got run over by banana splits. Buggy, and I think yeah. the trouble with this film is it's just not quite bad enough for me to enjoy it. Like, don't get me it's wrong; got the, it must have the highest budget out of all of them. Yeah, we, it, must yeah. Do. it, it, it was, looks like a competently made film from the trailer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's edited it's far, a fucking it's, one. It's far too slick to be to be truly exquisite. Um, <laughs> it's got to be a couple of million dollars that one. Maybe one at push. Yeah, it, yeah. Just mm. it just doesn't have quite the self awareness to be uh, to do a U turn and just become a sheer brilliance. Like I, I, I genuinely don't think it's set out really to be an intentional sort of B-list horror th- thing like Sharknado. The production value, yeah, is just too high. Uh, but if you show it to yeah. a 12, 13-year-old, they'd probably quite enjoy it. Like, it's just, it's a horror for kids. It's, it's fine. It's fine. I did not suffer like you truly suffered. I'm so, I'm so you, fucking angry. Man. We will make you suffer. Yeah. <laughs> so angry. So angry. Anyway, we don't have any feedback because we didn't want to put our listeners through this. It's not fair. See how nice we are, Candy. Oh, fucking done with me, you, mate. Me and you are done professionally, mate. <laughs> da, 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 da. Right, as always, links to all our extracurricular activities are in our show notes and at modernescapism.co.uk. And please consider becoming a patron to help support our endeavour. Again, you can be a patron any time of the month. Do it, do it, do it. Next week, whew, we will be discussing our favourite horror villains. I'm. This is this is what I'm into, mate. This is what Halloween's about: the baddies. So I'm very much looking forward to this. I've already got a few in my head now that I'm thinking: Do I bring them up? Are they too obvious? Do I bring uh, Caspian from Bloodfart Lake? I don't know. <laughs> do we bring up Candy? <laughs> oh, she is a villain, mate. Yeah. Truly a villain. A Never villain. let her in charge of anything. If um, we'd have cast you into the fire today in the Patreon section, if you're already, already there, been, if you already want there, that's what yeah. I mean. Can we pull her out and throw mm-hmm. her back in. Yeah, offer a hoop. Throw her into the deeper fire. 
We could the do a ritual fire. to summon her, summon her from the hellfires, and put her back in. I love that we're saying this with no context <laughs> for the non-patrons. <laughs> yeah, yes. Speaking of which, if you are a non-patron, this is the end of the show. Why are you being tight? We need the money so we can buy candy, a horrible gift, and really make her suffer. Are you into uh, bed bugs, Candy? Because you can buy them. Oh. We can send them to your house. Please don't. And you will have to blast the house completely. <laughs> it's a, she's a proper bed for that. Yeah, exactly. I just yeah, that's that's true. Away. It's fine. <laughs> she's got the mattress from Hellraiser, hasn't she? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, this has, this has been a show. Um, I wanted to thank you, Candy, for that, but I'm not going to. Um, Good night, <laughs> non-patrons, for everyone else. We'll see you in the green room in a second. Bye. 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 So loud. It hurts my ears. <laughs> Und mein Gott. <laughs> Und mein Lieben. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. And among other, I got German.